episode 505 of the PlayStation Nation podcast, the best PlayStation podcast in the world. With you once again, I am Glenn along with Josh. <laughs> yeah, hi. What was that for? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. What? <laughs> I can't do Jeremy Clarkson's voice very well because he's he's so baritone, but that's all I ever think about when I say that. In the world. Yeah. Can't help nope. it. Yeah. Uh, so interesting. I mean, we're we're a week before Christmas here, a week before the holidays. Uh, so it's going to be kind of an odd week, but, uh, you know, a lot of people off works here and there, a lot of people out Christmas shopping, whatnot. Uh, we've had just insanely brutal weather here. I don't know what the weather's like out in New Jersey, but <laughs> holy shit, is it cold right now? It was like five degrees on Saturday, and yeah. it snowed all day, and then it was 60 degrees on Sunday, and it all melted. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, we... and then today, yeah. it was down to about 20 again. Holy shit. <laughs> We got brutalized this weekend. We, uh, I mean, we've been lucky. We didn't really have any snow at all until December, but, but uh, like starting Friday afternoon, it snowed all the way through to Sunday, and I think we got, I want to say something like nine or ten inches, if that, uh, maybe even more. And the ne- the last few days have been like negative five, negative seven. Wind chill's been around negative twenty five Fahrenheit for all of you uh, that don't use Fahrenheit. Um, but the funny thing is, I've got the Packer game this Saturday on Christmas Eve, and it's supposed to be like 28 degrees. So that'll be a nice break. I can actually like wear maybe only three layers instead of five or six. Well, I'd be thrilled if the rest of the winter goes like this with some snow and then a 60-degree day to melt it all and then some you know cold weather again. That's fine. It's, it's very easy, Josh. All you have to do is get some aerosol cans, walk outside, spray them mm-hmm. into the air. Oh, I've been doing that. Yeah, do that enough, and it'll help out. And I've been taking, I've been taking the uh, the hair dryers outside and blowing them on hot. You know, trying to warm things up a bit. You know, everybody acts like global warming is a bad thing, but let's look at the good aspects of global warming. Yeah, yeah. Even though Josh, you know, be able to surf in downtown Miami, it's going to be awesome. Well, I mean, you know, you, you talk the big talk, Josh, but you're one of those people dry, driving one of those Priuses. So you're you're part of the problem here. You're the reason that it's so freaking cold right now. Yeah, my yeah. problem. Yeah, I'm I'm screwing everything up. I need to accelerate this thing some more. Eh, I mean, what do I care? It's not going to be that big of a deal until way after I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> I'm cold now, damn it. Yeah. Yeah, now I have to find that Drew Carey clip. Anyway. Uh, so not a lot going on this week. Uh, no new releases, a couple of news items, what we're playing and watching, which was awesome. Cause I actually got to play games all day Saturday. I, I shut everything off and I just played games. It was, it was pretty amazing. Uh, what's going on around PS nation. Maybe we'll talk about, uh, some stuff going on out there in the gaming world and, uh, emails if we can find any, but, uh, first the housekeeping. Okay. Well, there, what? What? there's. Technically, no new releases, but there are a handful of things that are listed as December 31st, but we ah. know what that means. Yeah, means 2017. But it, might, but it might be legit on these. I don't know. I'm, I'm double-checking <laughs> sources and things just to see if it's even a possibility on any well, of these. See, I'll do the housekeeping, and that gives you time to check things out. Yes, you do that because the 31st, it's a Saturday, but still. Yeah, yeah it's true. Yeah. So who knows? <laughs> 
Housekeeping. Housekeeping? Go away. I come in anyway? No, go away. I come in anyway. All right, well, if you folks want to find us out on the interwebs, uh, a lot of different ways you can do that. Uh, also, first, if, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, well, welcome. Nice to meet you. Let us know who you are, and you can do that in a few different ways. Uh, you can shoot us an email at podcast at psnation.com or go over to our website at psnation.com where you can find all of our reviews, all of our news uh, articles, uh, the, the podcast posts up there. You can hit our forums button, check out our forums, uh, get in, get into those discussions there. Uh, you can also find the Contact Us section, which is on the front page of psnation.com. And uh, you'll find things like our Skype info. If you want to leave us a voicemail, it's, it's uh, WDT-Torgo. You can hit the Contact Us button and send us an email that way. You can uh, find our Twitter handles. So if you want to follow Josh, you can follow him at PJFJosh. You can follow me at TorgoPSN. And you can follow our main account, which is at PSNation. Uh, you can also find our PSN accounts. Like if you want to friend us on PSN, just please let us know who you are. Let us know that you're a listener so that we don't just uh, think you're some random that just played Call of Duty against us. And you want to friend us because you owned us in Modern Warfare Remastered and you just want to like rub it in. Let us know who you are. Or say I'm a podcast listener, I just kicked your ass in Modern Warfare Remastered and I want to rub it in. That's fine. We like to leave our friend slots open, though, for people that actually listen to the podcast and are a part of this community. That's the whole focus of it. Uh, you can also find us out on one of those, you know, a bunch of those streaming services. Uh, you can find us on Stitcher. You can find us out on Google Play Music, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, and some other ones out there. Uh, don't forget, you can find us on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com slash page or do a search for PlayStation Nation and find our page out there and like it. Uh, you can find us on YouTube, which this was a big week on YouTube for us. Uh, just go to youtube.com slash psnation. We uploaded some gameplay footage from For Honor, uh, which you'll hear about a little bit later. Uh, I didn't even talk to Dave. I was going to have him on the podcast tonight. Oh, well. I think he's asleep anyway. He had a bad few days. Uh, but you can find some really kick-ass gameplay footage of For Honor, uh, both campaign and multiplayer footage. And also I put up some uh, Wipeout Omega Collection uh, 4K videos, direct capture 4K videos, uh, which are only a couple minutes each. So we got a lot of detail on those. Uh, and then I also uploaded, because I, I was streaming eValkyrie the other day, and for some stupid reason I was logged into YouTube with my personal account. So I grabbed the video for that and put it up on the, <laughs> on the PS Nation account. Uh, so you can find that as well, some like about an hour or so of Eve Valkyrie uh, playing on the PlayStation 4 Pro, actually. So a lot of stuff going up there all the time. Chaz has just been streaming the shit out of Werewolves Within, uh, and he's completely addicted to that game, uh, which is a uh, PSVR title where you sit around uh, a table and every player in the game is a real person. And you basically, like, there's a werewolf in the group and you have to try to figure out who it is. So it's kind of like their own little version of Clue almost or something like that. Uh, but looks really fun. I'm definitely going to be picking that up when I have a chance. And uh, it, it's a very unique way of, of uh, using VR. And, it, and it's out for Vive, it's out for Oculus. And I think it even has, I want to say it has cross-platform play with PC. Not certain, but I think it does. Uh, let's see. What am I missing? Don't forget the podcast network over at VGEVO.com. Uh, all the other great gaming podcasts over there. And uh, last but not least, if you want to help support us monetarily, we don't have a Patreon. 
All we ask is that you go over to the uh, store affiliate links section on psnation.com. We're on the front page there. Uh, we've got links for a bunch of different websites like Best Buy, Walmart, uh, Barnes & Noble, even the Microsoft Store, uh, Amazon for a bunch of different countries. And all you have to do is just click that link to go to the store. It doesn't cost you anything besides whatever you're going to buy. Uh, it doesn't change your pricing. doesn't change your experience. Nothing. But we get a little piece of the action for referring you over to those websites when you buy your stuff. Uh, we even had an emailer ask this week um, if they do, like if they go to GameStop and they order something, they do, but they do a store pickup. Does that count? It definitely does. If you hit that link, you order it, you pay for it online, and you do the store pickup, it definitely works, and we get a little piece of that. So thank you folks very much for using those links. That helps us pay for our web hosting, helps us pay for our tech support, helps us pay for our podcast file hosting, uh, all different types of uh, types of uh, costs that we have uh, every month to keep these uh, to keep these free podcasts rolling out every week. So uh, yeah, thank you very much. All right, that should have been enough time. I, I talked as long as I, I felt like I should. All right. Well. All right. Ooh. Uh, compa- well, yeah, comparing multiple stores, I'm getting that potentially. Actually, these first two I've heard about, because I think one of them is actually um, uh, exclusive to one of the stores. Uh, Check GameStop. The- actually, yeah, mm. GameStop is doing the same thing as PS3. They have a gold one. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, okay, so then, then whoops. We have three of these things here. Okay, so apparently on December 30th, which is Friday, uh, the DualShock 4 for the PlayStation 4, the official DualShock 4 is from Sony. Uh, There will be a gold one exclusive to GameStop. There's the link. Which is $64.99. Yep. There will be a silver one, which should be everywhere for sixty four ninety nine, and a green camouflage one because there was like an urban camouflage one, right? A while ago, also for sixty four ninety nine. Why the shit are these things more expensive? Uh, they weren't sixty four ninety nine before; they were fifty nine ninety nine, weren't they? Well, you get that extra five bucks because they're super special silver golden yeah. camouflage. So I don't want to pay the sixty four ninety nine for the gold one at GameStop. So I'll just go to Amazon and get the cheddar cheddar cheese looking one again. <laughs> the cheddar, <yeah. laughs> the, this the is, knockoff. This, this is all the Ben Palmer tax. Yes, because exactly. Because they know, based on his purchases alone, that people are going to buy this. They'll pay whatever, <laughs> and they'll jack up jack the whole thing up five bucks. Indeed. So. Then, apparently, maybe, possibly, potentially. Uh, on December 31st, there will be the physical edition of Pac-Man Championship Edition 2, Two. plus arcade game series. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, so the rest of those arcade games? Yeah. So Ooh. basically what it does, it puts all of it on a disc, uh, Pac-Man Championship Edition 2, which, eh. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and Galaga and Pac-Man and Dig Dug, but not Ms. Pac-Man. What the f- <laughs> They'll probably have another package with the exact same thing, but instead of Pac-Man CE2, they'll have Ms. Pac-Man or something like that. Just something Maybe? to piss everybody off. Why would they it, not put that it, one in? I have no idea. If they did, it's not on the cover. 
Um, and actually, I'm looking at the text, this wall of text below, and right. it's not listed in that wall of text. Wow. So, yeah, Ms. Pac-Man apparently is not on the disc. Way to go, Bamco. Dude. That, that's stupid. That's like it leaving, is. that's like bringing out a new model of a console and leaving out a really important thing like a new uh, UHD drive. Yeah. Just saying. One of those things. Um, Although, uh, so one of our listeners made a pretty lengthy forms post about that subject. And he's actually a shareholder for uh, the group that does UHD. And he says, what's that? But is that literally? Because all he said is, I'm a shareholder. But I, it was never explained as to a shareholder of who? Of well, what? that's true. But he says <laughs> that he gets to see the sales numbers. Yeah. And he was saying that right now, attach rates are lower than, lower than HD DVD. But at the same time, it's also pretty new. It's and, very new. And if you and look at the... Any look, out. Well, I mean, there, there's actually quite a few out, but the percentage but of hardly good movies... Yeah. yeah. There's, only, there's only, I think, four players right now. It's all but very, very brand new. The percentage of good movies on UHD is insanely low for what's available. I mean, there there is a lot of shit out there. Uh, movies that should never be released again, and they put them in 4K for some stupid-ass reason. Yeah. Whereas I would still rather have the 3D version in 1080p. But that's, that's just me. Uh, although I did get Batman vs. Superman Extended Edition on UHD for, for 8 bucks over Black Friday. <laughs> mm. Hey, the movie not, might not be great, but that destruction porn and uh, full HDR and everything, that'll look pretty good. I'll just uh, skip the parts with, uh, with Lex Luthor and I'll skip... Skip a bunch. Okay, I'll just watch about 15 minutes of that movie. It's kind of like Pearl Harbor at this point, which, remarkably enough, also has Ben Affleck in it. Uh, just watch the action scenes, and then you're good. I just want to watch the Wonder Woman scenes again, because fucking she awesome. She was really good. She was one of the ones I I like Gal Gadot, but I, I didn't see her as Wonder Woman, but she really did a good job. Yeah, she, she was one of the best things of the movie. She was. And actually, that, that Wonder Woman movie looks really good. It, it won't really be. It really does. Ah, actually, I think, <laughs> they went, I think they went the right way, though, because they, got a, they have a really good female director. They have an outstanding cast. Because uh, it's her, it's Robin Wright Penn, or I think Robin Wright now. I, think, I don't think she used Penn anymore. Um, uh, who else? I mean, it's, it's a lot of women that are very, very strong. Yeah, uh, and they'll ruin it. Uh, it'll it have a bad so script. No, it'll have a bad script, and it'll all eh, fall apart. Eh, all that. I mean, yeah, it's DC. Yeah. <laughs> She'll have to fight a woman because women only can fight women in these movies. No, uh, and <laughs> doesn't fight a woman, which is good. But, I know. Yeah. Um, but she'll I mean, fight a woman, and then. Uh, the, the woman she's fighting will say, okay, but please don't kill me. Before you kill me, please just go save John. Yeah. Why did you say John? Why did you say John? <laughs> Why did you say Martin? Yeah. Why did you say Martin? Martin. Martin. <laughs> yeah. I don't That's know. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> it, it, I mean, I know you don't watch trailers. Trust me, I know. But uh, what I've seen, I, I'm really excited for so far. I, I saw about 20 seconds of that trailer. Yeah. Because I like her. And yeah, I do too. I like the character, and I want it to be good. I mean, I didn't. I didn't absolutely. I didn't hate Batman versus Superman. I there did. are some serious problems with it, but I didn't hate it. 
I didn't. I know a lot of people hated it. I didn't I just hate it, garbage. but I heavily disliked it. Yeah, no, I didn't even heavily dislike it. There well, were, there were a couple points where I rolled my eyes, but for the most part, oh, you mean I've seen a lot worse. Gotham City being across the bay from Metropolis yeah. all of a sudden, even though they're supposed to be New York and Chicago, essentially. And yeah, that that uh, that kind of bothered me a little bit. But what are you going to do? The worst Lex Luthor ever. Uh, with <laughs> the same, all of a sudden. Uh, Bruce Wayne and Lex Luthor have the exact same ambitions and the exact same reasons for doing what they're doing. Um, it's oh God, I could just go on and on and on. Yeah, it had issues, but still, it had a lot of issues. Like I would rather watch Punisher War Zone than Batman vs Superman. And Punisher, well, although Punisher War Zone, I think is actually really good. It's just flat out action for a Punisher movie, and I'm not a Marvel guy by any means. And actually. Uh, when I was younger, my friends tried to get me to read Punisher, and I, I thought the writing was terrible. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, there, yes, there are worse movies out there, but like worse superhero movies. But this one's on the low end. I would watch Green any of the Lantern. Fantastic of Four. Well, oh, I liked Green Lantern. I really did too. Yes, the Fantastic Four movies, all three of them. Yes, they're absolute <laughs> shit. The yeah. Ultimate Spider-Man's that came out, the, the two of those, those were absolute shit. They were way worse. I agree. Okay. Now, speaking of that, I did watch the trailer for that because they were talking about it on Hollywood Batman. Oh, yeah, the like, new oh, Spider-Man. Fuck, I have to watch that. And that looks really <laughs> fucking good. That trailer looks amazing. And the thing is, I've never liked <laughs> Spider-Man as a character. I really haven't, but I, I liked what he what they did with him in Civil War. Yeah. And thank goodness Sony got smart and let Marvel yep. handle it. And yep. now look what they're doing. It's yep. fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. Plus, they started off the trailer with a with a management song, an old management song, which just made me smile immediately. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, and that's a perfect song too." Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, it I think it all just looks so good. I mean, even just seeing what he did in Civil War and, and in the trailers, I think this kid is definitely the best out of the three so far. Um, I was never a big Tobey Maguire fan for for the part. I don't know what it was, but I just I never bought him. No, uh, Andrew Garfield, him. I couldn't stand. I I just he was not right for that part, in my opinion. To, I mean, Tobey well, Maguire, I liked at first, but in two and three, uh, he just well, graded on me. That's yeah, but that's that's the writing. <laughs> I mean, there were there were script issues there too. But actually, like Andrew Garfield, I I didn't know anything about him, and then when I finally sat down to watch, I still haven't watched the second one. But when I sat down to watch the first one. I looked him up and I'm like, holy shit, wait, that's the kid. He He's British. Yeah. Which, but. Well, the new guy's British was, too. Yeah, but he was in, wait, no, whatever. He was in an episode of uh, Doctor Who. Yes. That, and I was like, oh, that guy. Oh, okay. Because I liked him in that episode of Doctor oh, okay. Who. And I was like, okay, all right. So I, I'll, I'll, I'll go with this. And I watched. Yeah, that had problems, but I didn't hate that one either. I mean, it wasn't Ugh. awful, but the second one is so poorly written that that's what I keep hearing. But I, it, that's why I haven't really bothered to watch it yet. But. Like the entire movie, you're like, yeah, I know exactly what's going to happen. Like there was so much foreshadowing that they're they're almost punching you in the face. Yeah. I mean, it, and even the first one, I thought <clears throat> I knew exactly what was going to happen at the end. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, and and. As much as you see there, the second one is ten times worse. 
It's yeah. so bad. Just saying. So, all right. Although, yeah, the um, new one. And uh, how cool is it that Michael Keaton is the yeah. bad guy in this after, you know, him playing, I think, still did a great job as Batman. Uh, but then he's he's in Birdman and then he's he's this vulture character. It just it's really cool how they pull that off. He's he's great as a bad guy. Oh yeah, definitely. And he he's doesn't really play great. a bad guy very often, so Yeah. I'm I'm excited for that. I, I'm I'm surprised I'm as excited for a Spider Man movie as I as I am. Um because I just never really gave a crap about him as a character. Even though he's a favorite of a lot of my friends. Yeah. Yeah, it looks well, this good. is it's it looks very well written. It's the actors are perfect for it. The kid who plays Spider Man is perfect. He's that, great. That, that scene in in the lunchroom, yeah, where they do the double take and they cut back to him and he he you know gives that what what <laughs> like yeah. that look like I lost it when he did that. I was like that was that was the perfect read on that scene. It was just plus he's he's really good. Plus Marissa Tomei. Yeah. Who wasn't in the trailer? She wasn't in the trailer, but she was in Civil but did War. You and see, that was more than enough for me. Did you see all the little? They packed that trailer with so many Easter eggs; it was ridiculous. Well, see, that's the thing, though. I'm not really that big of a Spider-Man fan, so for me, Easter no, no, eggs, no. I'm not going to pick them up. They're Avengers stuff. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, just all the stuff with, with Tony Stark already. Uh, Howard, the, what's well, that? Howard Stark was on a mural. Yeah, in yeah. the hallway, and if you if you freeze frame it <laughs> when he's sitting in class, there's all these pictures up above the above the board, and there's like Edison and Nikola Tesla and like all these all these people, and the very last one is Bruce Banner. Oh, nice! Like all these inventors and everything, and all these great scientists, and and Bruce Banner is up there. They, oh, that's they, cool. They jammed in like a lot of little tiny things that you're not going to see unless you freeze frame it. You're like, holy shit, look at that! <laughs> and you know what's funny? Screen junkies who are just absolutely killing it on YouTube right now. Um, screen junkies, <clears throat> when a new trailer like this comes out, they actually live stream about twenty to thirty minutes, and they break down these trailers like frame by frame almost. Mm-hmm. And they had a sp- just a supreme spider-man nerd and he didn't catch that (laughs) yeah that's funny but it was cool because for someone like me that doesn't really know anything about the character to me that's not really to me that's not really spoilerish because it helps me understand things a lot more and i love watching because they even did one on um uh valerian that's coming out next year it's it's from um same guy that did like the professional and and the fifth element and it looks really fucking good. Uh, it's a French comic, and it's it's apparently just really, really popular. Um, but that movie looks freaking sweet. And the funny thing is, the main character is played by the guy that was um, uh, uh, Green Goblin in the Ultimate Spider-Man movie, the 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 kid, the James Franco character in the oh. new ones. Uh, so it's him and and uh, uh, the girl uh, Carol Levine. Uh, what's her name? The one that's uh, like the, the the enchantress in Suicide Squad. I can't remember her name right now. Oh, I didn't see yeah. Suicide Squad. But uh, that movie, oh my god! I mean, it it. And again, it was funny because I didn't even know that that was a French comic for a long time. And Screen Junkies popped up, and they found somebody that's a huge fan of the of the comics when they got re released in the U.S. And they were like, "Oh yeah, this is this and this is." You know, it was just freaking cool how they went through it all. So there's some cool comic book and sci-fi stuff coming out. I mean, yeah. 
the teaser for Blade Runner 2049 came out today. Didn't show a lot, but, you know, Ridley Scott's behind it, so I'll give it a chance. You know, it's it's not just a studio trying to do something. It was Ridley Scott that really wanted to do this. Well, uh, the only Suicide Squad that I've seen that yeah. counts is from Arrow. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's funny. I, I They did it better. They did. Uh, <laughs> and I, I haven't so, seen the movie, but everything and I've heard and, and trailers I've seen for yeah. it. Yeah. They did it better. I so, mean, Deadshot alone, fuck Will Smith. Why do we need Will Smith? <laughs> the other guy Smith was so fucking, fucking good. He was. He was awesome. Um, I'm going to rent that movie just because I want to see how bad it really is. My, the curiosity is killing me. So I'm going to rent it digitally. I'm going to get the extended one. Um, I'm probably going to do it over Christmas break. But I already told Rock, I'm like, I'm going to rent it. And I go, you want to watch it? He goes, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was trying to get him to watch... Just the the fight scene in Battle uh, Batman vs Superman, he wouldn't even watch that because he knows all about it, and he's like, I don't even want to see that. I just don't want to see it. So, but I'm gonna rent Suicide Squad and see how bad it really is because, I mean, I, I said originally, I don't even care about Suicide Squad to begin with. I'd heard about it, and I never really read too much about it in the comics, and and then when they did it on Arrow, I was like, oh, this can be kind of cool how they're doing it, and. You know, I mean, yeah, I like Margot Robbie like everybody else does, but the rest of it, I, the, the big thing with Suicide Squad for me is Jared Leto. What the fuck? Like, yeah. what the fuck? I don't know who Amanda Waller is in the movie, but she can't be better. She can't be better than actually Amanda Waller, Amanda Waller in the in movie is Arrow. a really good actress. I just can't think of her name right now. Yeah, but she's a very established actress. Although I agree, the the, the one that played her in uh, in Arrow was freaking great. She was, yeah. Um. Yeah, it's it's funny. Uh, I I really think that DC needs needs to figure their shit out a little bit and maybe work with the TV crew instead of acting as completely separate entities. Well, you uh, know, and but that's kind of the funny thing. Now that I've started the most recent, like the current season of all of these, and you know, I've been doing them as they air essentially. Yeah. Like I'm I'm still way behind the actual airing, but I do them in the order that they air. Right. So now that I've gotten this far into it and seen what they've done with the Flash and seen what they've done with Arrow and everything, I'm actually glad that they're not part of uh the movie universe because squeezing them into I don't think they could properly write them into the movies. Well, that's I, the thing that the TV shows are a different quote unquote universe than the movies and are. But that's, and, and they're so well established and so deep into their own mythology and right. they cross over with each other, which is awesome. You know, they've got with a lot of these, like with, with uh legends of tomorrow, especially, and even the yeah. flash for the most part, you're getting a one hour movie every week. I get it, but the problem Set is in these universes. I I associate those those characters with the actors that are playing it on TV, and it's really yeah. tough for me to, in parallel, see other people playing these same characters. That's yeah. what bothers me. Yeah, I mean and, it's it's not like they got somebody huge and established to play the Flash in the movies. I mean, I barely know who that guy is. I I'd look him up, and I still like I don't know who the fuck this guy is. You know. It, yeah, it's that kind of thing. I mean, Momoa's Aquaman, I think, is awesome, but that is uh, a good casting. It is. It's a great casting. Um, yeah, but I, at I, the I, same time, you know, I, I was, I was upset, and I was like, "That's so stupid." They really should use the TV actors, and they should just, you know, work it all together. But 
there are so many moving parts on those four shows. Sure. And getting everything to line up. And they did a huge four-part, four-night crossover yeah. this year. And and making that work and then trying to f- write a movie with all these other characters, with Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman and whoever else they're going to throw in there, Aquaman, and and trying to make that work in the same universe with those characters and make it coherent. I, I think it's beyond them at this point. I don't think there's any well, way I they can do it. That. Yeah. I think they've definitely proven <laughs> so that. at the same, you know, at the same time I've gotten to the point where as I've been watching it, I, and the more I see of it, I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of glad they didn't. Cause <laughs> I think they would fuck up the TV series if they did that, because well, then the TV series would have to make compromises to fit into what's coming in the movie. And I don't yeah. think that would work. They have their own vision, but they I'm have fine their if own they don't, thing going I'm, on there. I'm fine if they don't link the shows to the, to the movies though. I'm totally fine with that. But to me, Grant Gustin's the flash. He is, well, you know, he is. I, and, and it's really tough for me to see this other random dude playing him in, in the movies. I just, but, I, I don't like but, it, but you know how I look at, I look at it as there's multiple flash. There's Wally West flash. There's, I get you it. know, there's, there's multiple flashes. I know, but right now, the thing is, if there wasn't a Flash TV show on, I'm sure it'd be different. But again, they're in parallel yeah. right now. Yeah, there's I know. there's I a know. different person playing the same character essentially in two different mediums, and it's all run by the one company. It it it's so f- just stupid. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. Well, and that's one thing that God, I think that Marvel like has suck. I, Marvel has done pretty well. You know, they've they've got the tv and they've got the movies going and i wish they would do more character crossover yeah um but the storylines do intersect which is cool right and and they do write them so that the storylines they are in the same universe and and things will happen in one that you know it's not going to change the movie if you haven't seen it but if you have seen it there's a lot of little things in there that you're like oh i know that i know yeah i i know exactly what they're talking about and yeah, i know yeah. where where this is going and i know this and that so it's it's cool that they've done that i really desperately want to see them cross over just one or two of the actors Oh, uh, yeah. Just even if they pop up like in the background in in like S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters, you know, yeah, yeah. that they just come strolling through because they're about to leave on a mission <laughs> or something, you know, See them stroll through, kind of grab a magazine, walk into the bathroom. Well, I, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit later, but not to spoil anything in Rogue One. Oh, God. Star Wars Rebels stuff pops up all over Rogue One. Yeah, that's the only I stuff just that about had to peed be my pants. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> oh my had to, I heard people cheering. And I'm like, what's going on? Because I don't watch Rebels yet. Yeah. Uh, I've only watched a couple episodes, but I remember you telling me that, you know, go out to the episode guides and watch them in a certain order. Jeez. <sighs> so I haven't no, really that watched was, Rebels. That was yet. Clone Wars. No, that was Clone oh, Wars. Oh, okay. That was Clone Wars. And Clone Wars is in the universe. Clone Wars survived. It's part of the canon. And. Yeah. And Rebels came right after it, and Rebels is part of the canon as well. And the whole thing with Rebels that everybody's been saying, and we even, I think I, somebody asked the question in that press conference that I was in, like, okay, so they're Rebels, but we've seen all the movies and we don't see them. So they're all going to die 
before yeah. Yavin or something? What's what's going on here? And they're like, well, it's a big universe. It's a big galaxy. Well, and yeah, not everybody's going to be on Yavin. You yeah, know, they're, not, they're not all going to be everywhere. But they were there. You did, There's little yeah. things that pop up. And, and there were like a couple of split second things. And I saw one of them. And, and I was just like, <gasps> like freaking out in the theater. And nobody else, like it wasn't, I saw it like in the morning on Friday. So oh, okay. there were like 20 people in the theater. And See, we saw it was late better. Friday, and it was snowing <laughs> yeah. insanely bad. Uh, but it's on my way home, and we we already had the tickets. I'm like, well, shit, we're gonna have to go. <laughs> and we're yeah. in the middle of this humongous snowstorm, and we're sitting. There's a restaurant right at the theater, and Rock and I are sitting there, and I'm like, and he's like, oh, I wonder how many people are actually gonna show up for this. <laughs> theater was packed. Yeah, um, yeah, but it. Uh, I wish we could talk about it, but we can't. Yeah, no, we can't. Yeah. But there were so many little things like that that I was freaking out and and I was I was just losing it and I'd hear it one or two here and there, but for the most part the rest of the theater was pretty quiet and I was oh. like, what the hell, man? <laughs> well, I mean, Rebels is on Disney XD, right? But no, not even just Rebels. There were, oh, yeah, you yeah. know, even the other things that well, happened but, and you know, there might be younger of- people there that don't really understand or they weren't paying yeah. attention or they just don't care enough. No, not I mean, true even, fans. Even some of the big things that everybody should and would know. Yeah. That just were shocking or just like, holy crap, how did they do? Or what yeah. did they? Oh my, oh wow. And him and that one and this and oh, yeah. ah. I was flipping out through the whole movie. It was it, cool. uh, yeah. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I, I really liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it it, it it was weird. I, I kind of want to, well, because like last week I had watched the three prequels uh, and this obviously takes place quite a bit after episode three. Yeah. Uh, so it was weird to see it because I had just seen, you know, the prequels last week on TV. So it was kind of cool to, to have that reference because there was a couple things that tie in a little bit or not tie in, but they appear again. Yeah. Know? So, but oh my God, just... Gareth Edwards is a big uh, I, what he did with Godzilla I loved and he hasn't done much in terms of directing he he did this other movie called Monsters which was, was a very low budget Fucking film I love that movie it's fantastic though the guy knows I what really he's doing I really love that movie yeah and I, I was looking forward to it because I knew that I'm a, I'm a fan of his already because I, I, you know, other people were bashing on that Godzilla movie because they didn't show the monster until at, at, toward the end. I of the fucking movie. love that movie. Me too. I, I oh my gosh. fucking love it. So I, w- I was really excited. Man, it, it didn't disappoint, especially in the visual uh, style that, that he used because uh, um, they kind of shot it like a documentary uh, well, to a certain extent, like a war doc. And the, the the cool thing about it was I read the book. The oh okay the. Whatever it's called, the, the novelization book. No, not the novelization. Oh, the movie. okay. The book that leads into it. Okay. The book that is essentially all about um, Galen Erso and his connection with uh, Krennic, and okay. and and the whole everything leading into like Jin oh. is born at the beginning of the book, near oh, the okay. beginning of the book, okay. and. By the time the book ends, they get settled kind of in that. No, they get settled. No, they get settled in that place where the movie starts. Right, right. Is all I'm going to say. Although the one thing, and this isn't a spoiler at all. 
it cracked me up when that shuttle came in and landed at the beginning. How fucking far away do you need to park? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, they landed and I go, wow, they got to walk like a mile. <laughs> well, but you need to be sure that you're not going to land and get shot at immediately or yeah, get blown up immediately. Uh, you don't know where. It, it just cracks st- me up. Defenses may be if yeah. something or a trap. Yeah, that that was the first thing that crossed my mind. I was like, "What the? Oh well, you know, tactically that's probably sound and smart." Gareth Edwards actually said they found that location the very last day before they started shooting. Hmm. Uh, they went on. A, they said, "Well, all right, let's just take one more run on the helicopter," and they found this section. And it was about ten miles of of what they showed, and they said they actually had to CG some of the grass out because it looked fake. There was so much there, but they said they found that location at the very last moment. So, man, yeah. It, it, I don't want to oversell the movie because I know I, I actually saw a couple of people like, it wasn't that good. Um, but I, it, for me, it was, it was really cool. I, what yeah. they pulled off, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was really neat. Pretty fantastic. Yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed it. And it helps if you've read the book. I mean, you don't have to, obviously, but if you've read the book, you understand a lot of the relationships much, much better. And and a lot of what goes on in the movie makes so much more sense. And there's a lot more tension to it than than if you just went in blind. Because there's not a whole lot of explanation as to who Krennic is in the movie. Right. And there's a lot. That's essentially what the book is. The book is is all about Krennic and oh, okay. where he came from, how he got attached to the project, what he's been doing with it, why he feels it's his and all of that. So the book is really, really worth a read. Even if you've already seen the movie, it will make, mm. it will fill in so much more and, and make the movie that much better for you. Cool. So I recommend it to Maybe anybody someday. who hasn't seen it yet. Um, Maybe someday. I have to get through the audiobook for Dark Tower still, but it was boring the shit out of me. Let me see if I because I keep saying the book, the book, the book, but I don't. It's the name is. Let me pull it up on my phone here. It is Catalyst, Catalyst. a Rogue One novel. Okay. Yeah, by James Lucerno, and Ooh. it's really good i was worried at first i was like uh is this gonna spoil something and i started (laughs) to read it and and then i was looking on imdb just to see the characters like because i saw the names i'm like i think that's somebody important and i'd look on imdb i'm like okay now i have that person in my mind you know as i'm reading the book (laughs) so even that helped a lot um but it's it's really good you get to see you get to understand a lot of the stuff that pops up in the movie and the relationships and, and all that stuff. It, it all kind of makes more sense. Oh, okay. So interesting. It's good. It's not terribly long either. I read through it really quick. Yeah. I'm not a fast reader Yeah, because my mind wanders every 30 seconds or so. So then I'm like, what did I just read? I have to go back mm-hmm. and, and plus, uh, my project that I've been working toward for, it seems like forever at my job finally got approved. So I'm going to be working a lot of hours the next couple of months, but it's awesome because I get to put a whole new environment in. Hmm. So I'm happy. You uh, going for you going for Tatooine or Hoth? What kind of environment are we looking at? Uh, no, something <laughs> a lot more progressive, a lot a lot easier to use. Uh, so something like maybe Endor, maybe Yavin. 
Uh, Evan seems pretty easy going. Yeah. Evan four. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh uh, yeah. All right. Well, let's hit the news before we start spoiling shit. Uh, a couple of news items. This first one, I think uh, people over here in the West are going to be very happy about. Uh, Sega has announced Valkyria Revolution, which is the next game in the Val- Valkyria Chronicles franchise, is coming west. Uh, so this was called Valkyria, Valkyria Azure Revolution in Japan, uh, just being called Valkyria Revolution here. Uh, and what we're getting is the new game. Uh, which is interesting because Sega is going to be publishing the game in the Americas but Deep Silver is actually publishing it in Europe uh, which has been happening more lately Deep Silver has been kind of uh, spreading their wings a little bit so Valkyrie Revolution coming to uh, the West sometime in quarter 2 2017 for PlayStation 4 and Vita and the Xbox One Uh, only the PS4 and Xbox One versions will be released at retail and digital stores the Vita, Vita version will obviously only be digital uh but a lot of cool stuff there's a great write up that mjc put up on the website so go check that off if you're interested yeah but i know people are going to be happy because everybody was always fighting to get more valkyria chronicles games over here yeah sega is starting to turn around a little bit with yakuza 0 yakuza 6 uh, or actually what is it yakuza kiwami and yakuza 0 so yeah, they're finally bringing stuff over that people want. Well, <laughs> as long as the sales are there, they'll keep doing it. But yeah. if the sales don't follow, then it'll all dry up real quick. Well, I think part of that is the fact that it sounds like Yakuza 5 did really well. And, uh, you know, Sony published it over here. Uh, they did give it away as PlayStation Plus as well, but it sounds like it did well enough that, you know, Sega finally said, hey, maybe we don't hate money as much as we used to. <laughs> We don't hate money as much as Konami. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. God. Um, yeah. So a new, you know, we got new, new Yakuza. I think Yakuza Zero comes out in January, actually, or something like that. Um, which is exciting as hell. Yakuza on the PS4. I'm excited for that. Um, but yeah, it's uh, new Valkyria. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of the game, uh, just the way it plays, but I love watching it. I love Valkyria. Yeah. And this next one, it already happened, but I wanted to make sure we talked about it because it's fucking badass. Yeah. Yeah. So Battlezone has a brand new free update (laughs) that essentially turns the game back into the original Battlezone in VR. (laughs) It's amazing. So all the wireframe vector graphics. So the green wireframe graphics, yes. (laughs) (laughs) That is amazing. Have you tried it yet? No. So they even added the control scheme for the original Battle Zone, so you have to use both sticks to turn. That's what I read. That is so freaking cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I just can't believe that. (laughs) That's really, really awesome. So along with that, um, so there's the classic mode... And they've added new maps, missions, and events, um, health crystals in single player so that you can restore your health. Thank goodness. Um, hints display when you die and HUD color options have been added. Right. Um, there have been some bug fixes and stuff and some, some more tank customization options that you can purchase. So, and the most important thing, 
You can customize your battle uh, tank with custom horns and even bobbleheads. Uh, yes. So you can have a bobblehead on the uh, on the dashboard. Yeah. It's awesome. And that's cute, but yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm not a bobblehead guy. I am. I like bobbleheads. Uh. We actually have the Bobblehead Museum in Milwaukee. Okay. Seriously. <laughs> Congratulations. Eh, it's a it's a fun little <laughs> aside. Okay. We have the Harley Davidson Museum here too. Okay. Which is actually really cool. It's a whole new thing that they built a few years ago. All right. Uh playing and watching and stuff and junk. Once you get started as usual. All right. Um well, all right. So let me talk about what I played on the PS3, and this is why. This is that there's a review that I'm not doing. No. Oh. Uh, because I need to figure some stuff out here. So okay. uh, I was sent a GameSir gamepad, the G3S. Now, okay. this is a gamepad. It's a, it's a controller um, that works on Android uh smart TVs essentially uh PC and the PlayStation 3 so yeah okay. i know odd <laughs> random that okay PlayStation 3 and when i was looking on uh new releases yeah there were always like one or two that were just kind of hanging there as like okay late december they're coming yeah now there is nothing listed coming at any point any time in the future for the playstation 3 there will probably be another fifa and another nhl and another madden on it but yeah, maybe other than that i think the nintendo switch coming. coming out next year is going to help things still come to ps3 maybe yeah yeah well this gamepad i mean it looks decent even though it's got the buttons from the xbox uh xbox 360 well for the face buttons but that's because it's for Android and PC and everything else. I mean, they're not putting, you know, they well, they can't put cross, circle, square, triangle. No, I get that. But, I mean, the buttons themselves look like they're yeah. kind of that real hard plastic, too. Um, well, see, I messed with it for a while. And I tried a bunch of games. It's really comfortable. Uh, okay. It's actually a really nice form factor. It's very comfortable. The buttons and everything feel good. Uh, the problem I kept running into... Now, I tried it on. I tried it for a little bit on a, an Android tablet, um, and it seemed to work pretty well uh, for what I have. Um, but the for the PS3, yeah. I tried it. It comes with a little mini dongle that you have to plug in, and okay. you have to sync to that, or you can just go straight USB cord. Sure. Um, so I did both because the very first game I tried. I was like, oh, Counterspy. I haven't played that in a while. So, of course, I need to download an update, which takes like 15 minutes for it to download and install because it's <laughs> PS3. So I'm like, yeah. fuck me. And you can't download it in the background. You have to sit and wait. Yeah. Um, so I do all that. And I get into the game, and I realize that the D-pad's not working. So I can't switch <sighs> weapons at all. <laughs> so I'm kind of like, well, I'm fucked. Yeah. So I I tried playing it and then I took out the dongle and I plugged in the USB thinking maybe it's that. Nope. 
it's not that. So hmm. I thought, well, that's a little weird. Okay, let me just try something else. So I tried uh, Pac-Man Championship Edition DX. Uh, D-pad works. Everything's good. Everything seems to work. So and it works pretty well. I was I played through a couple rounds on there, and I was like, okay, you know, I mean, the sticks are a little. They're not quite as good as the PS3 sticks, I'd say. Like, okay. I didn't have as much control as I typically have. But, you know, it's it works. That's fine. So I was like, okay, let me try a PS1 game. So I was like, I need a, an old PS1 game because I need to see if the D-pad works. And I went right. to twi- Twisted Metal, the original Twisted Metal on the PS1. Um, Works fine. Totally fine. Works cool. Is it maybe one of those mode buttons on the bro- on the bottom? Well, no. because then i played warhawk i was like well let me try some warhawk like ps3 warhawk Mm. d-pad don't work can't and actually nothing works except the sticks and and one of the trigger buttons i cannot jump i cannot like none of the face buttons work and none of the the d-pad doesn't work at all so i couldn't Mm. jump i couldn't climb a ladder i couldn't get in a vehicle i couldn't switch a weapon i couldn't do anything i was like wow fuck (laughs) so i i need to mess around with it a little bit more i'm there's a reset button underneath and i didn't have anything to mess with it yet i'm gonna reset the controller see if it just you know because i did the android and i did the pc i was messing with it on both so maybe it got a little funky i'm just gonna factory reset it and see if that does anything, if not, I need to contact and see, uh, is this normal <laughs> or what's going on here? So one thing I actually see for this though is uh, number one on Amazon. It's hilarious. Regular price, seventy nine ninety nine. sale price, twenty nine ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> Look how much money I'm saving. So with my Android devices, I use a steel series Stratus XL, which Kind of similar uh, controller, but uh, really, really good controller. But at the same time, I think they're like seventy bucks. Um, where this could maybe possibly be good, maybe even if it doesn't work for PS3 that well, if it works with Android, uh, you know, you could use this for something like if you have a Samsung Gear VR, or if you have uh, a Daydream uh, Daydream VR for Google, um, because a lot of that stuff does support a controller if you have one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, for 30 bucks, if this thing is good enough, it might be, uh, you know, a great choice for that because yeah, the I've, $30 controller I have is from Samsung and it sucks. We'll see. And that's the thing with it. Like I'm, I was disappointed, like right off the bat. I'm like, shit. Cause it, it's, it really does feel good. Like it's, it, as a controller in your hands, it has a really nice feel to it. Sure. Um, and the buttons felt pretty good, you know, the ones I could use. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I, I need to figure this out, and I need to figure out if this is just a thing where they said, oh, well, you know, it's close enough, and we can just kind of throw it on the PS3, and it's probably not totally compatible. But, yeah, it's just another thing we can add to the box. Sure. Yeah, PS3, you know? Because mm. um, who's using it anymore anyway? Um, but it's on the box that we can do it, and maybe it doesn't fully support it it's just funny that the very first thing i tried i was like oh shit <laughs> Ooh, actually so stratus xl is down to 39.99 hmm. wow so 
I need to mess with this some more over the next week if I get a chance, and I need to contact like I'm going to be able to contact anybody now. But um, yeah, no kidding. I need to try to contact somebody and see if I can't get it working on these games. If it's if this is like limited compatibility with the PS3 or something's going on. That's really weird that it only works with certain games. That's yes, really odd. That's what threw me. And that's when I, you know, I was trying USB. I was trying not USB. I checked because it has a turbo button on it and it has a clear button on it. Um, So I was trying to figure out if something was messed up there. I was trying to, you know, fully disconnect it and reconnect it. I was trying all different things to see if it was just something I did wrong. Um, Hmm. But it's, I mean, you can see that, you know, on, on one game, the D-pad doesn't work on the other game. The D-pad and the face buttons don't work on right. the other game. Everything works. So it's strange. Huh? Um, but I need to, I need to dig into it some more. So sure. I'm not going to review that. <laughs> I okay. thought I was going to this week and well, that's fair. Yeah. Um, okay. So we played some more Lego dimensions, obviously. Mm. um, we played Bridge Constructor. I don't know if I talked about that last week. Really? No, you didn't. Okay. So we played Bridge Constructor because um, they sent codes to everybody, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> we got multiple codes. I got a code. Everybody got a code. Um, yeah. You get a code and you get a code. I didn't know Oprah was publishing video games. So... You know, I thought, okay, Mason really likes bridges and he likes building things and he could really dig this. Um, The thing of it is, it really gives you very little instruction. Okay. Which kind of bugged me a bit because it just, it drops you in and it says, okay, here you've got wood and you've got... (laughs) You've got um, wood. You've got like very little and you have a budget. So essentially what I found as we got to the higher levels, there seems to be maybe only one way to actually build the bridge to make it work. Oh, okay. But when you get to these higher levels, you need to really understand physics and construction techniques for bridges or you're never going to fucking figure it out and there's no way to i'm looking at it like i tried building it like 12 different ways yeah and as you build it when you build it you know the bridge will either be completely green or it'll have a little bit of red in it or it'll have you know you can see where the structural weak spots are because it kind of gives it a red hue on those parts. Right. I had to figure that out on my own, um, which I mean, it's not that hard to figure out, but right. these are the, th- like there was no tutorial or anything really, or, or really? if there was at the beginning, it just kind of said, you know, use this button. No, it was like text <laughs> tutorial. You're going to build bridges. Okay. It, w- it was a text tutorial that said, you know, hold this button to do this and to drop this in here and then hold this button to do this and hold this button. And I'm like, wait, and I'm trying to read through it really slow and get it in my head. And Mason's like, daddy, or we built, I'm like, wait, 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 daddy has to understand what he's doing here. We're not building anything. Yeah. Um, and when you started it, it gives you like, uh, 
it'll show you on the screen, you know, push this button to do it, but it doesn't really explain because it seems to be semi-realistic physics and you build the bridge and then you have to either have cars go across it or trucks go across it. And then if you apparently get trucks across all the bridges on a certain Island and then you unlock this big fat ass truck, this huge truck. (laughs) So then you somehow have to build it better. Now, some of these bridges, I was barely getting the trucks across. Like the, as the truck is crossing, the big sections of the bridge are turning red, orange, oh, and then red. And I'm like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. <laughs> but they make it. And I'm like, Mason was like, that wasn't a good bridge. I'm like, they made it. It's good. Yep. <laughs> it <for> counts. <laughs> um, but it's it, it was so frustrating. I got to a point where... You know, I could take two different paths. I could go build this bridge or I could go build this bridge. And it's a really wide chasm. You have X number of dollars and, you know, you can do concrete um, uh, pilings to, you know, attach the bridge to and everything. But those cost a lot more. You can do this, but that costs a lot more. I tried building these things every which way I could. And I got so frustrated on the one after like 20 minutes, I moved to the other one. I'm like, well, maybe the other one's easier. I got frustrated on that for another half hour. And I finally said, I'm done. I can't, I can't build this bridge. I have no idea what to do. I don't have an engineering degree. (laughs) You know, I'm, I'm building it based off of bridges. I know. And then I run out of money and then I'm building it based off of what I built so far that's worked and I run out of money and I did see a trailer for it. So I'm building it based off the weird stuff I saw in the trailers and I still run out of money or it just doesn't work. The The bridge collapses before I even get a car on it. And I'm like, I, I don't know what to do. And I don't want to go to YouTube and just look it up and go, Oh, there's the solution. Yeah. Um, because I'm, why play a game at that point? You know, if I'm just having somebody show me the solution, why bother? True, um, true. It's just, it's a little frustrating because they really don't give you a whole lot of instruction. They're, they just kind of tell you this is what it is and go, good luck, build. <laughs> and you just kind of have to figure well, it out on your own. I mean, that's that's how it was when I was a kid. Here's well, an erector that, set. Figure it out. Yeah, that's what it is. You know, when they're building the the replacement for the for the Gothel's Bridge right now. Yeah, sure, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> We're not truck over it. Uh, didn't make it. All right, we'll do it again. Jeez, it's crazy. So, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. It's kind of neat. You know, we were having fun with it early on, but it just gets really frustrating pretty quick. Mm. I mean, we got. Did we get through? I think we got through the first island and we were halfway through the second island. Yeah. And that's where we ran into trouble. And I'm like, uh, I can't, I just can't do this anymore. I'm tired. I'm frustrated. <laughs> I, I'm not doing it. <laughs> Jeez. Um, so I had to stop. Um, I, I'm trying to finish Batman Telltale series. Uh, I got to get back to that. They actually brought it all out by December. I guess they hey, were contractually we were, obligated. <laughs> everybody was a naysayer, but they did it. I, I remember at E3, we were all talking, you know, when we podcast at night. Yeah, right. We've heard that before. 
Well, he I guess it. DC is a cruel taskmaster and forced them to get it done as part yeah, of the just, contract. Just not when it comes to the quality of their movies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I did play episode three, uh, which, holy shit. Um, yeah. Uh, I need to do four and five uh, now. And I'll, yeah. I want to try to get them done for next week and be able to review the whole thing. Because there were performance issues in episode three that I did not see in oh. one and two at all. Well, I, I had that. There was one scene in episode one that kind of got choppy in that in that initial scene. Um, and every now and then you would see kind of hiccups here and there. But um, the game was unplayable on my laptop because yeah. I have the Steam version, too. And it, I literally couldn't play it. Well, so. there was a huge slowdown for mm. like almost an entire scene in the third episode, which I was like, wow. holy shit. That's not good. Um, Like it took a good 20, 30 seconds of the scene. I was like, fuck me, this is bad. <laughs> um, so, but the story, excellent so far. Excellent. Nice. Um, I tried Robinson the Journey again. Okay. For the first half hour, totally fine. Yeah. Then I started to get the early onset of my stomach is starting to feel a little like I might get queasy soon, huh. sometime maybe, but maybe it's all in my head. So I'll just keep playing. And 10 minutes later, I was like, okay, I think I should stop. <laughs> like I was, I didn't wow. feel, but I, I felt unsettled for the rest of the day basically (laughs) um not like i was nauseous but just unsettled just like if i had kept playing then yeah i probably would have gotten sick so it looks like i can play it about a half hour at a time before it just is too much huh which sucks but if but if i can at least play it a half hour at a time maybe i can (laughs) kind of go back to it every now and then and get through the game See, they did that on purpose because, you know, we kept hearing from people, you should only be in VR for a little while at a time. You should take breaks. So instead of having something pop up on the screen to say you should take a break, they send these weird brain waves at you in the the visor, and that makes you, oh, I got to take it off for a little while. Yeah, it just gets you sick. (laughs) Um, And I did play the Star Wars Battlefront X-Wing VR mission. Yeah. When I got into the cockpit. Yeah. I wasn't crying. You were crying. <laughs> I was, oh my gosh. Yeah. I was in the cockpit of an X-Wing. Yeah. And you can oh hit my every gosh. button. Oh my gosh. And you can look gosh. behind you and there's an R2 unit and you can hit the switch and look over to the side and see the S-foils open and close. I, I, oh my God. I was in the cockpit of an X-Wing. It was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. There was just <laughs> dust inside my visor, you know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't, I just, I was at a loss. I, I just could not believe it because when it starts and you're standing outside of it, I'm like, okay, well that's pretty cool. But you know, it would have been much more cool and immersive if this was in the hangar at Yavin or this was on the hangar on one of the ships in the fleet or something, you know, it's just in this white space. So it doesn't feel, it still doesn't quite feel real. Yeah. But when I climbed up the ladder and I looked inside, I'm like, oh my gosh, 
Oh, oh, yeah. and then I got in, and the and the canopy closed. It's, Holy shit! It's <laughs> breathtaking for someone that grew it up is. with Star Wars. I mean, it is. It's nuts. <laughs> it is. And then I mean, you know, well, like I said, even when you get to the menu, and there's an <sighs> ad at right there, and yeah, it just walks cool. over you. Oh and God. I'm not crying right now. You're crying. <laughs> oh my dust. gosh yeah it's um it it hit all the notes i mean you know <laughs> flying through the asteroids and then that star destroyer pops in at that one point and also even, i mean literally comes over your head just like in, in a new hope and oh jesus <laughs> i didn't even i didn't even need any of that just yeah. just sitting in the cockpit and holy shit like i said that needs to be a full game right effing now it really does. Because <laughs> especially that Frostbite engine, holy God, does that yeah. game look amazing. Well, they need to work on an updated X-Wing versus TIE Fighter. In, I agree. In VR. I agree. Can you imagine if yes, they do I that can. and it's and it's squads and it's multiplayer yeah. online and it's you, you can be a TIE pilot or yeah. you can be an X-Wing pilot. Or and, fly an A-Wing or a B-Wing or... <sighs> tie bomber tie advanced yeah they would make all the money (laughs) (laughs) all the money (laughs) i'd buy another psvr i think (laughs) yeah i just can't anybody who saw the original star wars a new hope in the theaters as a child yeah play this yeah you will you will you can die happy. And actually, I think <laughs> Battlefront Premium it. Edition is 20 bucks right now, I believe. So, because uh, you have to own that game. But, uh, and Battlefront's a great game anyway, but oh my God. I mean, it's funny because yeah. Andy actually bought the game just for the PSVR thing. <laughs> and it lasts about 20 minutes, but you can definitely play it again and again. Oh, and, again and I'm going and to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I absolutely am because, my gosh, I am dying for my friend uh rob who comes up every now he was on when you were out yeah um, he's been texting me because he is getting a ps4 oh that's for right son, yeah you talked about that because he was mad um, that he had to buy new controllers yeah <laughs> um but he texted me uh just last week and he's like what's the difference between the regular star wars battlefront and the you know the ultimate edition one so I had to explain that to him, and he's like, "Fuck." I was <laughs> like, "Yeah, you should probably get the ultimate edition." He's like, "Yeah, Shit, all right." They've, they've been, they've um, been, their updates have been pretty significant. Yeah, when they do well, it, I mean, it's it's very Battlefield was, Four. The thing was the the regular edition was ten bucks, and he was like, "Well, fuck yeah, I, yeah." Uh, he's like, "I don't have a lot of money, and I'm dropping four hundred on a on a PS4 yeah. or three hundred, whatever it is now." He's like, "So." You know, I know we have to get games, but I don't want to spend a lot of money. I'd rather spend 10 bucks. And I was like, but, you know, this is why it is. He's like, shit. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm excited because now he'll have that. And like we ever have time that we could get. I mean, he had a PS3 all this time and we both love Warhawk and we never we played it once together <laughs> in the past yeah. 10 years, you know. Um, but at least there is that opportunity now. And yeah. he'll have Battlefield and or Battlefront, whatever it is. Um, and hopefully he'll have another couple of games that we could play together. But I'm 
I need to text him and tell him because I just played that today. Um, oh, okay. And I need to text. I wanted to text him immediately and say, <laughs> you must get here to my house <laughs> as soon as you can. That's when you stream it to and play send him this. a link to the stream. You might want to watch this. <laughs> I say, you must get here and play this. You are not going to believe it. Yeah. It is everything we ever dreamed of. And more. <laughs> it's, oh. it's amazing. It's... And I don't know if you... <laughs> so there's video online of... Because I got to watch it, but uh, Ace Combat 7 is you know going to be in PSVR. <laughs> and we had a, we had an invitation uh, before PSX to go, but I couldn't make it. I mean, I didn't get into town in time, and mm-hmm. uh, so I I, wa- I I couldn't wait in line because the line was really big at PSX. But I watched some people playing it, uh, and there's a video up of it now, I, dude. Like, you actually start in a carrier, being you know brought up on the elevator, and you're oh. in the cockpit of the plane. <laughs> you can look everywhere. The guy, there's a plane that there's a jet that takes off right next to you off the catapult. The guys out there doing all the motions. I mean, it's Dude. <laughs> like you take off and the sun's off in the distance and you know the glare's coming in on, on the uh on the canopy and uh you, oh, fuck but yeah i mean the, the star wars i thing, just jesus i just i i want to get that and i want to flip upside down over a meg and and give him the finger and use my polaroid and take a picture <laughs> and, yeah that's all i want to do <laughs> it it's uh. pretty outstanding Oh man, that's yeah. so cool! All right, um, so that was all I played. Uh, obviously, I saw Rogue One. Yeah, um, I saw the entire season two of Man in the High Castle. I saw you I tweet about that. all of it. I see. I'm. I haven't started it yet because I know I don't have a lot of time to watch it, and I want to make it through. Yeah, I just uh, the only tweet I put out was. Um, uh, wait. Where's my phone? I, well, you I tweeted that you saw right. it, and then I think Ben Palmer asked you if you know it makes you want to wait or it makes you want to see season three right away. Actually, I don't want a season three. Yeah, season two pretty much completes the story, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Um, I mean, I guess they could do a season three. I don't know why they would do a season three. Sure. Honestly, based on what I saw. Um. Okay, so I wrote, uh, the real mind fuck with Man in the High Castle will come when they fully tie it in with Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Oh, you shouldn't even said that, because that makes me start thinking of stuff. Well, I know. <laughs> but just watch it, and then you'll understand. But, well, you never saw Battlestar Galactica, the new one, did you? Yeah, uh, I haven't finished it, no. Okay. Um, well, you might understand. Um, people who have seen the entire um, new version of Battlestar Galactica... And then you watch Man in the High Castle, you'll just be like, holy shit. Oh, jeez. I just haven't seen the last, um, uh, I haven't seen the last season of Battlestar. Okay. Uh, well, no, then you should get it. You should, okay. you should get what I'm talking about. Um, God damn it. No, it's nothing. It's, it's nothing. It's, it's goofy. It, it, it's not like there, it, there's any real tie in that, that it's just goofy. It's just funny fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm a joke maker. I make jokes. Yeah, I make jokes. <laughs> I get jokes. <laughs> um so yeah, it, it, it's just funny. Um now the thing that really blew me away, the thing that I really like, like I'm not going to spoil, you know, what goes on in it. Um 
I'm really excited, really happy that they showed uh, the Volkshall. Really? Yeah. Which was, for people who don't know, this was, uh, they had this idea, the Nazis had planned on this huge architectural redesign of Berlin. Right. Um, with this massive avenue and this place called the Volkshall, which was oh. supposed to... Actually, see- it makes sense to be in this. Since they- <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and that was the thing. Like, there was a book um, that I had read, jeez, oh, back in the 90s, yeah. um, called Fatherland. And yeah. they turned it into a halfway decent movie yeah. uh, with Rutger Hauer. I kind of remember that, yeah. Um, the book was amazing, though, because it was this type of thing. It's that alternate history. The Nazis won. They did all this stuff. They built all this stuff. And there's this... I think he's just a regular detective um, in the Berlin poli- police. Okay. And he stumbles into a murder involving... Like it just seemed like an innocuous murder, and it somehow involves the highest ranking members of the party, and mm. he goes deeper down the rabbit hole uh, from what I remember it's been twenty years since I read this book i don't know yeah mm. but in that book, they described this, and that was the first I had heard of it because i didn't I didn't really know that part of history, and when I read about it i was I was fascinated by it and i and I tried to picture it in my mind, and they did kind of show it in that okay in that movie, but it wasn't that great. Um, they showed a lot of the stuff on the history channel has been doing a lot of Nazi stuff. They usually do it around uh, certain times of the year mm-hmm. and they show kind of a visual, they showed the plans and then they showed a visualization of what it might look like. So I've seen, I've seen that much at least. Okay. Well that, that was the thing. Like this thing was going to be huge. Oh yeah. It, it had a dome the diameter of this dome was supposed to be like 820 feet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was massive. It, when it was all completed, it was supposed to hold 180,000 people or so. Right. And it was for, you know, these huge rallies and the huge, and, and Hitler had seen it as this was going to become like a temple, like a shrine type thing to Nazism, kind of like, you know, the, the Parthenon and, and all these, all these ancient Greek temples and things like that. This was going to be the Nazi temple, essentially. Right, right. The thing that I, that always stuck with me from Fatherland was they as they described it and they talked about it and they were explaining it in the book with 180,000 people in this giant dome it has its own weather essentially because people's breath yeah. 180,000 people breathing it becomes misty and you can get uh, like it changes the weather inside oh, the yeah, dome yeah. and you know, they, that had been written about as in theory, this is what could happen. And this was what probably would happen. And they found out that that's exactly what would happen because at one point in the vehicle assembly building, NASA's vehicle assembly building, which is a massive freaking building, they had the, um, the air units turned off, like the humidity dehumidifiers and everything turned off. And, that started, it started to happen in there with the condensation and everything. Um, so 
but they they did it in this. Obviously, it's CG, but it looks freaking amazing. Nice. It shows up, and they have like a couple of major scenes that take place in it. It's not just like here's a quick flash of it. They're walking around in it at one yeah. point. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> it's just like it's breathtaking. That's it's amazing. Cool. Uh, so that's the kind of stuff that I really I like to see the alternate history, the the shit that like the scary shit of what could have been, but the amazing oh, yeah. stuff of what could have been too. Like as as horrifying as that would have been in a world like that, it just seeing that vision of what they wanted to do and hey, what the Germans Berlin know their architecture. Been. Well, yeah, they do. But what they would have built there, what they had planned to build, you know, whether it actually ever would have happened. Um, it wouldn't have happened. No, but it's, it's pretty spectacular and yeah. they did a really good job. And this season, this, this second season for men, the high castle, it, like I said, I think it is a self-contained thing. Like it, it mm. answers. I uh, honestly, I had to stop like 10 minutes into the first episode. Yeah. I was like, I'm lost. I don't remember because <laughs> it's been so long. I don't, I, yeah. you know, I've, I have, I remember major beats from the first season, but I didn't remember the last episode. The, the really important parts of the last episode. I'm like, wait, <laughs> except for why the mind fuck at the end. <laughs> yeah, but I'm like, why is this person here? And what happened to this person? And yeah. where, what the fuck is going on? So I had to go back and read a synopsis of at least the last episode. And I was like, oh, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. See, I'm actually planning on watching that last episode before I watch season two. I would watch the last two episodes almost. Oh, okay. Because even, even just reading the last episode, I'm like, but how did they get to that point? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was like, Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, season, season two was really, really good. Nice. Um, I really liked it, but like I said, I'm satisfied like that. It, that is a good ending for the story. As far as I'm concerned. Okay. Um, it's good to hear. And they could continue. I don't honestly know why they would continue or where they would go with it. At that point, I yeah. think it might ruin it if they continue with it at that hmm. point. Um, but I mean, you'll see and everybody will see when they when they watch it. Uh, I do need to go back and read the book again. I mean, it's been so long and I know it's not the same. It's it right. really takes liberties and it goes in a different direction. It was in the book. It was a book that was being passed around. It was not films. But, Although you know, I do like the fact that they've actually worked with Philip K. Dick's estate his daughter on this. yeah, yeah. Is, I, I like the that fact was, that they did that yeah yeah and she's she's been i mean for lack of a better term she's been a nazi about everything well yeah <laughs> she's been very very strict with everything because it's her father's legacy and and that's the way they are with everything well and let's be honest with his name on it most of the stuff that they based on his stories usually come out like shit yeah most of but, it and and that's why but they've taken more of a control of it now and you know she was very particular about this one especially she was like right. Look, you know you're not going to do this unless you do it right and unless i approve of what you're doing and unless it's something he would have gone for so she's there as that voice as his voice essentially right right um and it's it's great you know, I, I think it's a great vision of that concept. You know, it's obviously it's not the book, 
Um, but it's a, it's the concept of the Nazis won, Japan won, America's divided. It's 1960, whatever now. And is it in the sixties? I thought it was the fifties. It is. Oh, no, okay. It's set in the sixties. Um, cause that was a big part of it. Um, was that it was set in like 62 or something okay. like that. Um, because it's been long enough that there are kids that have just grown up in right. occupied Nazi America. And to them, this is life. You know, right. we're Nazis. Woohoo. We're part <laughs> of the don't, youth. And, yeah. They don't yeah. know any different. I mean, it's so there is, you know, that older generation that still remembers. There is that sort of the parents of these kids who fought in the war, but now they're like, okay, this is life and it is what it is. And there's the people that fell right in and became collaborators and are all gung ho Nazi. And they're the other yeah. peoples who kind of form the resistance and do their thing. And so you get to see all that and it's a good time period to set it in because it, it lets things kind of be established there. Um, hmm. at that point. Um, and you'll see like, it makes sense as, as the second series goes on, it's, it makes sense exactly why they set it there because they needed to for a lot of what they do in the second series. So, right. Right. Uh, and I'll, I'll stop talking about that though. Uh, the, <laughs> um, I really want to watch it. I mean, it, it's one of the yeah. things that I'm, I'm hoping to hit soon because yeah. I, I just love the first season, uh, especially yeah. man, how they ended it. Yeah. Yeah. It was really good. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the other thing I watched, um, I don't know how I stumbled across this. I must've seen something for it somewhere. Uh, it's, and I don't remember what it's on, whether it's Amazon or Netflix. Um, but it's another one of the originals on one of them. Okay. And actually I'll look it up right now. Um, uh, <laughs> was it AO? No, I'm not going to say it. I was going to say it in Portuguese, but I'm not going to say it in Portuguese <laughs> uh, because it's in Portuguese. 3%. Uh, is what oh, it's called. I think that's Netflix. It's it might be Netflix. Yeah, Let me I think see. I saw something about that. Um, yes, it is Netflix. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it was apparently a little web series on YouTube at one point. Yeah. And Netflix saw it and was like, "Fuck yeah, we'll do it." Um. So I think it's like eight or nine episodes. Um, but the concept it's see, I love these kind of cool sci-fi concepts. So, um, sometime in the future, uh, the world is basically falling apart. Um, and there is an Island, um, where the elites, where everything is plentiful, everything right. is good, life is better, we have better medicine, we have all this stuff. You know, the good life is there. So every year, uh, everybody goes, everybody who's 20 years old at that time. <laughs> goes to carousel. Yeah, essentially, yeah. <laughs> you you go up uh, for the, oh, now, now I'm forgetting what they're calling it. The, oh, fuck, what was it? I was just watching it on Saturday. Um, they go for this 
series of tests, essentially. Okay. And oh, shit, I wish I could remember what it's called. <laughs> um, the process. That's what it is. Ah, it's called course. the process. Um, 3% will be accepted for the better life. Right. So, you know, a couple thousand 20-year-olds make their trek up the mountain to this facility and only 3% of them will be accepted. So they show like, it's, it's fascinating. The first couple episodes, I was like, wow. Cause you know, each episode, something happens and you're like, okay, that was crazy. What's going to come next? Okay. Um, because like the first episode they, they come in and they're sitting and they're all getting interviewed and half of them are just getting kicked right out in the interview. Yeah. And they freak the fuck out, of course, because they've been waiting 20 years that this is their hope. This is their dream for a better life. And they don't even get past the first interview. They're out. <sighs> um, and then the second episode. Well, we find out that um, like, I'm not going to spoil much or spoil anything or go into too much detail, but there's. The guy who runs the process, you know, there's this council offshore on the island. Yeah. Um, there has been a murder. And it's the first murder. It's the first crime that's ever happened in the 100 years since they've been doing this. Ah, okay. And it was somebody who came through the process, who passed through the process. So they're questioning him and they're questioning his methods. And they sent somebody to watch him. And to dig into his shit. And of course he doesn't like this. And so he's got that hanging over his head while he's trying to bring in the next group. In the meantime, they find out they capture this rebel leader because there's these rebels who, you know, of course, fucking hate the elites and we're going to destroy the whole thing however we can. Yeah. So we're going to send in a mole who will subvert the process and who will, you know, eventually get through the process, get to the Island and then fucking go crazy. Right. So they're trying to ferret out who this mole is on top of that. And he's trying to keep that all hush hush. So all this intrigue is going on and you're meeting these characters. And one of them could be, might be probably is the mole. Hmm. Um, but the shit that they put them through, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. It's so many mind fucked up things. Um, you know, in, in one of them, they put them all in a room and they say, here's a bag, has five coins in it. There's six of you. Five of you get to go on. One Jesus. of you is going to get kicked out. You have to decide. We'll be back in 15 minutes. Oh. If you have a coin, you're walking out the door here and you're coming along. Whoever doesn't have a coin stays. You decide. Yeah. And it's like, shit. (laughs) So now they all have to decide. (laughs) They all have to. So does it get as brutal as something like Battle Royale or? One of the episodes kind of does. Okay. And and it's because the thing that they're doing, uh, like it kind of breaks down and it's not working the way it should. Oh, okay. And the other people his, you know, the guy who runs the whole thing, his lieutenants are there and they're like, okay, we have to stop it. He's like, no, I want to see what happens. Uh. (laughs) And shit goes sideways, man. It goes 
fucking crazy. Well, I just added it to my list. It's good. Um, but it's all in it's all in Portuguese, so it's all subtitles unless you know Portuguese. But I don't like reading. <laughs> um but it's interesting. Like it's not super high budget, but it's pretty cool like some of the some of the things they did and some sure. of the ways they handle things and it's it's got its own cool futuristic weird slant to it. And I, I just love the concept. So I'm like three or four episodes in. The funny thing is each episode is like 40 some minutes, almost 50 minutes or so. Sure. It feels so much longer than that. Huh. And not in a bad way. Not like, Oh, this is dragging. Right. Right. Like I'm, I'm deep into the episode. I'm like, Oh my gosh, is this, wait, is this one longer than an hour? And I have to stop and look. I'm like, this is not, I'm only like 30 (laughs) minutes in. I'm like, holy shit. Cause it just feels like you're getting so much out of it. So much. I I was really surprised, Um, but I really dig it so far. So I, I don't know if it just ends after the nine episodes or so, or if they're going to do another season or what. You know, if it's one big self-contained story or what, so. Well, the thing is, I mean, you never know, especially with those, because obviously, I I bet you Netflix didn't really pay for that to be made like a lot of their other originals. They just paid for the publishing rights for North America, more than likely. Um, So it's going to depend more on that. Unless Netflix decides to put the money They did. They did. Well, it says, um, I'm looking on IMDb, it says... uh, Started off as a three-part web series, first released to YouTube, then Netflix bought its rights to oh. make a full season. Interesting. Okay. The the pitch for the show was rejected by all major Brazilian cable networks back in 2011. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Just like Breaking Bad was rejected by every uh, network out there, including like HBO and Showtime and everything, and look what it does. You know? Yeah. Um. So... One of the one of the characters is in a wheelchair, mm. and he's in that room. And they're all like, "Well, fuck it, he's got to go." Uh, and he's like, "Well, wait a second, I don't. Why do I have to go?" Yeah, no shit. And then he finally he finally gives up the fact, like he had been hiding this. He had only told one other character that he wasn't. But really... like, no, no, no. Right in the first episode, they they drag him away, and this doctor is there, and she's got him on his back, and she sticks a needle in his back. And you see all this shit going on. Uh, and then she's poking at his foot. She's like, you feel that? He's like, no, of course not. I'm paralyzed. You feel that? No, you feel, ow. Oh. He's like, what the f-? She's like, yeah, it'll wear off. But, you know, we can fix you. You'll be able to walk when you get there. He's like, oh. wait, what? <laughs> so, yeah. So that fucks with his head because he had basically lived his whole life. I'm in a wheelchair. Sure. And this is who I am, and I can I can be a productive member, I can be important, and I can be useful in a wheelchair. And if I'm not in this wheelchair, then who am I? Ah, uh, yeah. So now it's fucking with his head. But, you know, they all want to kick him out because he's, oh, well, you're not going to be able to do so. And he's like, well, they think I can because they can cure me. So sure. fuck you. I belong here. <laughs> so, yeah. It, you get into shit like that. It, it's Really well written. So, really cool. Interesting. Definitely worth uh, a a watch. Just, if anybody's interested, just watch the first episode. And in the first 20 minutes, you'll you'll see. You'll either go, fuck this, or you'll be like, wow, I'm in. Yeah, yeah. So. 
All right. Uh, so, uh, had a, a desire to start playing the division again. Uh, I had only played a little bit uh, when when all my crap happened, so I, I wasn't able to play it. So I actually got on with Stoffinator the other day and played a couple hours. And what really sucks is, uh, so there's obviously a, a story to get through in, in the division, but you can do a bunch of side missions. It's kind of Destiny-ish. Um, so originally Stoffinator wasn't online, and I just kind of joined a couple randoms on the internet. And I'd been through about probably three, four hours of the story. I'd, I'd streamed it before the game came out, and uh, you know I'd gotten through some of the story stuff. Well. All of a sudden, it started me back at the beginning of the story. I still had my level, I still had my items, but it started me back at the at the thing. I'm like, oh, it's probably just because I'm connected to these guys. So I disconnected from them so I could play with Stoff, and lo and behold, all my story progression was gone. <sighs> yeah, so I just started the story stuff over. Now, luckily, it wasn't like I was five hours in or anything, but still, I was like, oh, you've got to be shitting me. Uh, so we played for a while. It was funny at one point because somebody at, on my friends list popped in and because you can do uh, a team of three uh, for online so he pops in well the the big problem with the division and i'm pretty sure dave brought this up in the review is like uh, let's say i'm level i think at the time i was like level five uh, because i didn't have much of a level stoff was level nine well this guy was like level 14 i think it puts all the enemies at the highest level out of anybody in your party so here I'm level five going against level 14 people and I'm just getting mowed down. Hmm. So it doesn't balance anything out. It literally just goes to the highest, the highest level out of the three of you. So I'm getting mowed down while I invited him to the party. He never joined. Instead, we could hear him on the voice chat through the game, but he couldn't hear us because we had a party going. And we were like, dude, you got to go. Because <laughs> I was, I was just like, this sucks. I'm getting mowed down immediately. Like I would get shot once and dead. Um, but it, it was all right. You know, we, we, we got through a couple more story missions with him. He dropped off uh, really suddenly. And then uh, Stoff and I played some more. It's a really neat game. And, and, you know, how New York City looks, I really like the look of the game. Uh, I think it plays great. But it, it's definitely, it's very Destiny-ish. You know, you, you still have that feeling that you're playing uh, a first-person shooter. But you're really, you know, you've got the RPG dice rolls going on in the background for every shot. Uh, you have to worry about, you know, if, if an enemy is too high a level compared to yours, you're probably not going to have any effect. Uh, you have to keep constantly working on your, uh, your character's equipment, you know, upgrading your guns and, and all that stuff. So just kind of relearning all that and, uh, definitely want to play it some more with the guys. Cause, um, I just never got that deep into the game and I enjoyed it when I was playing it. So, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll get on and play some more of that. Uh, played some more Rainbow Six Siege, had a really good time with the guys again. Uh, all we do is play Terrorist Hunt, which is funny because it's basically five people online co-op against AI. And you have different mission types. Like you have one where you have to go find a hostage and get them out. You have one where you just take out all the terrorists. There's one where you have to defuse a couple of bombs. Um, so I was playing with Vladrick and Stoffinator and, and, uh, some randoms online and, uh, having a great time with the game. It's funny though, because it's, it's so jarring when you're playing it because, it looks a little bit older. Like it, it hasn't really aged very well graphics wise. It still looks good, but some of the stuff just looks like you, you've, it's in Unreal Engine, and, and there's some Unreal Engine games now that look like really a lot better. Um, and it runs at 30 frames too, so it's very jarring when you go from something like Battlefront or Call of Duty or even whatever. 
Um, but we had a really good time with it again, and uh, it's another one where yeah, I wouldn't mind playing some more of it. Uh, played some more Rocket League. Uh, you know, just trying to get back into the swing of things with that. I was doing all right. I, I got a hat trick the other night, so getting a little bit happier about what I'm doing in that game, but still not really where I used to be. Uh, also, so the the six additional maps for Call of Duty Modern Warfare Remastered came out uh, this last week. So this is the they now have the full map list from the original game. Uh, I unlocked my G three gun, so I'm insanely happy. I'm just trying to get used to the to using that again. It's a it's a single shot rifle. Uh, you have a clip, so you're not reloading every time, but it's a single shot. Uh, you can get great accuracy out of it. Uh, I opened up the ACOG scope for it, so now I have a little more uh, magnification. Um, but at the same time, it starts reminding you. I mean, it really is probably for me one of the de facto Call of Duty games out there. It, it just it's a simpler time, you know. You don't have the pick ten system, um, but at the same time, my God, like the people that vote for maps, they obviously have like four favorites. And you want to play the new maps, and these assholes keep going for uh, vacant or obviously shipment. Which shipments that really, really tiny map where it's just mayhem. I have played that fucking map so many times, and I'm sick of it. I just, I never like shipment, and that's all that ever gets picked. So you know the good the good comes with bad as well because I'm I'm still I'm still playing Modern Warfare Remastered way more than I do Infinite Warfare. Uh, because it's it's more my style of gameplay, but at the same time, I'm definitely showing my age. Uh, you know, I I don't know if it's a, a latency issue or what, but I do not have the reflexes I used to have, so uh, not doing as well as I used to with that game, which it's kind of disheartening. Um, and I'm totally in in baseball mode again after playing some uh, Super Mega Baseball Two at uh, PSX. So and also MLB the Show 17. I played that retro mode a few times. So booted up MLB 16 uh, or MLB the Show the Show 16 again. Uh, Saturday night actually uh, played for like four hours. Just worked on my road to the show. Uh, went until like two in the morning. I was just man. I was really in the groove. Uh, I was on the Braves. I got traded to the Mets now, so I get to play in in Mets Stadium, which actually. Since they've renovated it a couple times, I really like the Mets Stadium uh, that they have now. So uh, it's cool to have that as a home field, and and uh, yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, not I, I went on a cold streak for a little while, but I'm I'm heating up quite a bit again, getting a couple more home runs, and uh, still loving the game. Can't wait for 17. Uh, and then, like I said, I played a, a bunch of E Valkyrie. Still trying to get good at that game. Uh, Dust Merc on Twitter was trying to give me all kinds of tips. I'll never fucking listen. But uh, the one thing, I, I just have to figure out how to strafe because the one thing about E-Valkyrie is you do have inertia. Like your ship has inertia out in space. It's not like flying in the call in Infinite Warfare where it's just, you know, kind of FPS controls. And I see these guys strafing all the time and I just haven't been able to figure it out. So I do want to figure that out. But um, I opened up a couple new ships. So just trying to get used to those ship types and um, really enjoying it. You know, it's it's there's there's a lot of pay content if you want to do it, and I haven't done any of it, and I don't think I ever will. Uh, but you know, you have to grind in this one. It's not a free play game, obviously, but there's still a lot of grinding you have to do to open up a, a lot of new uh, ship types and everything else. And you know, it, it just takes some work, but I'm getting better at it. 
And it definitely does look nicer on the PlayStation 4 Pro after the patch. Uh, just better uh, rendering, a lot less shimmering. Uh, the ship explosions now when you blow up a capital ship definitely look nicer. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, and then, last but not least, <clears throat> I totally forgot I had this. So I got on my Xbox One the other day, and I actually have the alpha for that game, We Happy Few. Which is the one game that, like, all of us in the room, when we were watching the mm-hmm. Microsoft press conference, yeah. we were all like, holy shit, that looks really cool. Uh, so for those that don't remember, it, it's you're in, like, an alternate universe, uh, Great Britain, we think, because uh, everybody's speaking with an English accent. Well, no, they kept showing the flag. Did they show the flag? Like, I swear they kept showing the new <laughs> Union Jack all over the place. Hmm, I don't remember seeing that. Uh, so... It showed, you know, you redacting a bunch of stuff in newspapers you know, when, when the demo starts out on, on, on the um, on the stream that happened. And you go down and they tell you to hit this pinata and they want you to take your joy, which is this pill. And uh, you find out that the pinata is actually a rat that everybody's uh, hitting. So you figure out very quickly that this joy is kind of a mind control thing that, that the government is making everybody take uh, to make things seem great. And you stop taking it for whatever reason, and you start seeing... It's almost like they live, where you, yeah. you put the sunglasses on, and you start seeing shit as it really is. This game is way different than I thought it was going to be. Way different. Uh, so, obviously, I'm playing the alpha, so I'm not really talking about performance or anything. It's it's built in Unreal Engine. looks good. Um, but where I, I think it's different is I really expected this to be a very story-driven game. Uh, kind of, you know, very tight on the story. And instead, what it is, and you can see the the live stream replay up on our YouTube channel, uh, and I don't think it really gives any story stuff away, which is good, but uh, it's literally kind of in uh, a more open-type world. and not, not an open-world game like a GTA or anything, but kind of a... Mo- it actually kind of reminded me a little bit of a smaller Fallout game, where you actually have to find... Uh, resources and it has a full crafting system and you can even have permadeath uh, which you can choose to either have permadeath or not which I turn that off I'm like I don't want I don't want permadeath fuck that but if you get into combat and you get taken out you lose all the stuff that you're carrying so they have little safes in the game and if you put the stuff in a safe and you find another safe house somewhere else that stuff will be available in every safe house in the safe so that's kind of how they get around, like, saving some of your resources. Um, you have to try to... F- so the big problem that I had was, after a while, you would get hungry. Well, the only thing I could find to eat was always rotten. So then you'd eat it and get sick. You'd get food poisoning. So then you have to make this tea, and you drink the tea. It makes you throw up, and then you don't have food poisoning anymore. So it was like this whole rock, paper, scissors thing going on. Mm. But, yeah, but... So I'm walking around and everybody is, I mean, that whole utopian vision that, that you have when you're taking the joy is obviously gone. So instead, the city's all dilapidated, like a lot of the buildings are, are just boarded up, and uh, and it's very dystopian to a certain extent. Um, but the problem I had was, you know, one of the missions was go to this bridge and get across the bridge. Well, you get there and there's actually a Bobby uh, behind glass and he's like, you can't come through through here dressed like that. So your mission is to sew together a nice suit. I needed one thing that I actually had before I died and I lost it. 
and it was literally a scrap of cloth. That's what you need. I had all the other stuff. I had the sewing kit. I had the tattered suit, everything. I needed a scrap of cloth. Could not find it anywhere. So I just kept walking around and walking around and beating people up to see if I could loot them to get this piece of cloth, and I couldn't find it anywhere. But, like I said, you have to eat stuff, but then you also have to drink water. So you can carry around a canteen with you and fill the water up in certain spots. So not only are you trying to stay alive by just eating, but you also have to drink water all the time. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it, it's a neat concept, but it's totally not my type of game. You know, it, it, like I said, it, it felt very Fallout-ish to me. I don't think it's anywhere near the scale of Fallout, but just the overall gameplay mechanics were very fa- Fallout-ish. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That's weird. A little disappointed. <laughs> I mean, and the reason, you know, I'm sure we're going to get shit for putting an Xbox One video on YouTube, like always. This game is going to come to PS4 eventually. You know it is. Uh, it is not a console exclusive. I think they have a timed exclusivity because I think whatever. Uh, but I think they've already said it's coming to other, like, consoles and PC and everything at some point. So, you know, it, it's a way to report on this. And, and... I think a lot of people probably will love the game. It's just not my type of game, you know? So, yeah. Uh, other than that, I mean, yeah, the, there was frame rate, frame rate things going on and all that. But again, it's an alpha. What do you expect? And I think it actually was the same exact demo uh, that was playable on the show Floor D3. But the cool thing is, uh, now that I have this, apparently I'll have the full game when it comes out. I think. So I'll be able to try it out again. But yeah, gameplay mechanics-wise and everything, it's not really my my speed. But I'll definitely try it out if I have the full game after all that. You know? Uh, and then, obviously, watch Rogue One. Uh, but also, I watched something I haven't seen in a while because I found out my parents have the Blu-ray because I thought it was packed. Uh, watched Guardians of the Galaxy. And uh, I haven't seen it for a long time. And I really enjoyed it because I actually forgot a few things. <laughs> So uh, it was cool because at Rogue One, I got to see the trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 in 3D uh, on that huge screen. And man, the 3D. Baby Groot. Baby Groot. Baby Groot rules. Baby Groot is awesome. (laughs) I am Groot. I am Groot. I am Groot. No! Somebody give me some tape. Yeah, that, that was awesome. Um. So yeah, I, I it was it was it was fun. It was, it was great to watch that again, and uh, made me really miss my 3D TV. Uh, the you know the fact that it's in storage right now is it, I really miss it. Um, so yeah, I gotta God, I gotta sell my house. But uh, the other thing is, so we were talking about Netflix before. Two things: first, any fans of Longmire? Originally, they had uh, the way the last season ended uh, of Longmire was such a cliffhanger; it was ridiculous. Uh, multiple cliffhangers and it's it, the word was that they didn't renew it so they were just going to leave people in the lurch uh netflix announced a couple weeks later that they are actually going to let them finish the series out which is awesome because uh, i really like the show i i just I'm, I'm a big fan of the show so uh for those people that like that show don't despair it sounds like they're going to be able to wrap things up the other thing about netflix is uh i think starting last night or this morning you do a search for mystery science theater 3000 you can add it to your list it's not out yet but you can add it to your list for the new season of mystery science theater 3000 when it comes out uh netflix picked it up so it is going to be a netflix original um 
and you can add it to your view list. So when it's ready to go, it'll notify you and you can start watching new episodes. Yeah. And I'm excited because I have those. So they released the very, (laughs) very first two KTMA episodes. Uh, They found the original Betamax tapes uh, for when they made the show. So it's not some VHS copy that somebody recorded. They found the original tapes a few weeks ago and they released the first two episodes uh, to the people that backed the Kickstarter. And then they also made it available to people that didn't back the Kickstarter. You could basically back them uh, uh, retroactively. Hmm. And it was like 40 bucks because I was flat broke when they had the Kickstarter. And quite frankly, I've been kind of off Kickstarter for a while just because I've been burned by a couple and I was just uh, crowdfunding in general. I'm, I'm not a real believer in, uh, but I was flat broke when they had it up there. Uh, so I, I, I did it. I, I paid the money. Not only do you get the first two KTMA episodes, but you get a shitload of episodes that they get, and they're all off the original tapes. So Mitchell's on there, which that's like the fifth time I have Mitchell. Manos, the Hands of Faith. It's probably the fifth copy of that I have. But there were some other ones that they haven't released before. And it's really badass because you can download them. You don't have to stream them. You can download them. The quality is, I mean, for the time and everything, the quality is fantastic. So I haven't watched the first two KTMA episodes yet. Uh, everybody calls it season zero uh, because when the show started, they really didn't even know what it was going to be. They just kind of had this idea. Uh, and apparently the first two episodes, you can tell that like it's not real riff heavy and they're just trying to figure things out. Uh, but for a fan of the show, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be something really special to see. I mean, that this is literally the birth of, of um, something that I've loved for so many years, you know? Uh, and these are, there's only one other episode. Uh, I think it's KTMA three is the only other one that nobody has uh, because the other ones have been found. They're crappy quality, but uh, somebody, you know, like the people would find like old VHS tapes or whatever, and they'd release them. Uh, so this, this was a big thing and it was cool because Joel actually released these. Uh, and, and even funnier, Jim Mallon, who was the producer on the show and he did Gypsy's voice, Jim Mallon would not release anything from season zero. He, he was just like, it, it's almost embarrassing because it's not anywhere near what the show became. And, and, and people are like, we don't care. We don't care. We just want to see it. We just want to see it, you know? And Jim Mallon would not release them. So it's really badass that, that Joel actually uh, got a hold of these tapes and got them released. So, yeah, it's exciting. And I know backers just got a bunch of, like, postcards and stuff in the mail uh, starting today, too, that the hmm. new cast signed them and all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, excited. As an MST fan, it's pretty cool. And, and I've been watching a lot of older episodes lately. I just had them on in the background. or uh, I just got Alien from L.A. with, with um, uh, uh, what's her name? Jeez. I don't remember. It was one of the supermodels. The one that was in Loaded Weapon 1. Uh, 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 Kathy Ireland. Kathy Ireland's in this one. So, yeah. So, it, it's great. It, it's 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 nostalgia time for Glenn and it all started right around Thanksgiving when they had the uh, Turkey day marathon. It just really got me back into that mood. It's been badass. So, all right. Uh, boy, the second half is going to be so small. <laughs> yep. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk uh, about what's going on around PS nation. I think we've got a couple other things to talk about and uh, maybe we'll find an email or two and uh, we'll get the hell out of here. So we'll be right back.
And uh, before we do around PS Nation, I actually forgot to bring something up. So remember that Scuff Gaming controller I talked about last week? Yes. Yeah, the one that uh, I couldn't remap the the two paddles on the back. I could remap everything else, just not the fucking triggers that I wanted to do. Um, so I'm still using it every now and then because it actually has like extenders on the R2 and L2, and I can kind of hit those and all that. So I, I get it back here, and I go to put it in my Power A uh, charger. Yeah, so because they put a new back on it, it won't fit in the charger. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> so I actually have to charge it the old way with plugging the USB into it. So I, I couldn't believe that. I'm like, wait, what's, what's going on? And I look at it, and I pop it on. It doesn't really, it's not really... I thought maybe the the paddles were getting in the way. I'm like, no, they're they're fine. And I'm like, oh, the back is fatter. So yeah, strike two. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that charger. Anyway, yeah. Uh, all right, you know what time it is, folks. Maybe uh, grab a hot toddy, maybe a hot buttered rum, suck on a candy cane, because it's the Christmas edition of. What's going on around PS Nation? I think next week will be the Christmas edition. That'll be after Christmas. That's okay. It'll be post-Christmas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's when things get hot. Yeah. So, last week on the Daily Poll, the week of... December 16th, wait, no, for the week of December 12th, he listed as December 16th. Huh. Hmm. So we should buy that boy a calendar. 16. Okay, so he's listing it as uh, Friday, I guess. Okay, well, right. which one? Right. He's probably been doing it this whole time, I never noticed. Probably. <laughs> uh, so, uh, he started... Talking about podcasts yeah. last week. And, the and then we found out that nobody was, listens to us. How often do you listen to PS Nation podcast? <laughs> Surprisingly, there's a chunk of never. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people follow us on Twitter that follow us on Twitter for PlayStation stuff. They don't listen to podcasts. I get yeah. it. We've always yep. known that. Then the next day was, do you listen to any PlayStation podcast outside of PS Nation? And then do you listen to any gaming podcasts that aren't PS Nation centric? Sure. And do you listen to any non-gaming podcasts? Uh, And then what's a good podcast length? That one was funny. It was kind of Um, across the board, wasn't it? Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. That's about right. Nobody's yeah. ever, nobody, there, there is no one answer. There is no one answer. I actually got a message the other day because the last couple of our shows have been kind of shorter than normal. Like, hey, it's great that the show's been shorter. I'm like, it's not by design. It's just, <laughs> that's yeah. what happens. Yep. All right. And then for reviews, we have quite a few. Yeah. Last week, uh, the Little Acre from Chaz. Uh, this is a uh, curved digital um, release from Pewter Games. Yes. 
And this is a point-and-click adventure, um, very artistic, very beautifully drawn and everything. Interesting kind of game. Indeed. Uh, then we have Mother Russia Bleeds. Oh, that went up. Michael. Oh, you just didn't put it, because I was going to say, wait, we talked no. about that at PSX. Yeah, but he didn't have the review written oh, until okay. a couple days ago, last okay. week. Um because he was there. Right, right. So, yeah, that's a very brutal game. Oh, it is, yeah. It's crazy. Yes. Uh, then we have Watch Dogs 2. Nice. And that one was from Emra, uh, which is pretty interesting take on that. Yeah. That's a game I really want to get, but I haven't had time. I'm so backlogged right now. I haven't even played The the Last Guardian very much lately, so I'm holding off on Watch Dogs 2 until I catch up a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Then there was uh, Batman Return to Arkham from Sean. Oh, that game. Uh, Yeah, it's, well, it's, it's both of the, it's the two original Arkham games, you know, up up converted, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> 1080p or yes. um and HD or uh for the PS4. Um but they also made a switch from Unreal 3 to M- Unreal 4. Correct. Uh, along the way. So uh you can see the differences there. Uh Michael also just had Steep come up. Um that is the game from Ubisoft. Yes it is. Uh, from Ubisoft, and I was actually incredibly disappointed by something I read in his review. Really? Is that you're playing it alone. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, there's people all over the mountain and everything, but the only way to play it is online. Yeah, because it's Even a, if like a playing, persistent world or whatever. Well, that's great. Even if you're totally alone yeah. and you just want to play it, and the servers go down, you can't play the game at all. Right. Which is absurd. Yeah, it's it's an interesting uh, decision. Because when we played the beta, we noticed, they were like, wait, we you can see stuff happening here and there. And we, all, we were all kind of wondering, like, is this always online? So, obviously it is. It is. Wow. It is always online, which is... I think it's absurd. I mean, I they basically made a choice between should we put some AI players around there to kind of fill out the mountain and make it look alive? Right. Or should we just do focus entirely on an online component and then the people that are there are real people? Right. Which it, it's interesting, but really they should have an offline option. Like if the servers go down, you shouldn't be completely shut out from the game. That's insane. I agree. It's not that kind of a game where you would you you can play completely by yourself the entire time if you want. You don't. There's nothing that requires you to play with people. Right. I think it's more about uh, like how they set the events up and and what they offer to you because you're unlocking more pieces. And I think they just did it that way. And I, again, I I don't agree either. I don't agree with that decision. Uh, yeah. I think it's sloppy. Yeah. Well, especially because, uh, according to his review, during the early days on it, 
the servers were completely unstable. Yeah, and and they didn't even send it out until the game launched because there was no way that you could. Rev- this is how we knew right away. Uh, the email that they sent us, they said, you know, you can't review it ahead of time because the servers aren't going to be up until that day. And I'm like, wait, what? And that's when we finally realized, holy shit, this is probably going to be online all the time. Yeah. And they kind of explained it in the email, and and uh, I didn't have time to review it, obviously, but. Yeah, I haven't. I, I saw that his went up. I just didn't have a, t- a chance to read it yet. Yeah, that's disappointing. I, yeah, personally, I think it's a terrible idea because if your internet, if your internet goes down, well, you can't play the game. Yeah, guess you're well, you can't play... play what is essentially a single player game. Right. You know. Right. Which is insane. The big problem that I had with the beta, at least, was. Just knowing, like, traversal from one event to another and, and kind of understanding what you were actually doing or what you could do. Yeah. It just seemed really, uh, like, up in the air. Like, you didn't really know what the hell you're supposed to be doing. Oh, there's a circle up there. I'll go up to that. Okay, what am I supposed to be doing at this circle? What what event is this? And then and it would start off, and you're like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Yeah, and that was a big thing in his review is that it just feels so aimless at times. Yeah. And you, you know, it's great having that freedom, but a little bit of focus and a little bit of direction would be useful. Yeah. I mean, even if it, I don't know. I mean, you know, in a beta, a lot of times you don't get any type of uh, tutorial at all. And that was one of the problems is we were playing it over at Mark's house after we did episode 500 mm-hmm. and we were all sitting around like, what am I, what are we doing? What? Uh, huh? Yeah. And, and actually, one of the things we were thinking was that the uh, the mountain was endless. It just seemed like we could go down forever, and we never get to the bottom of the mountain. So I don't know if that's the truth or not, but that's no, what it, it felt like to no. us. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, and then uh, the review for Rock Band Rivals, the DLC for nice. Sean, nice. also went up Cool today. So those are all up, and that is that. And congrats to Sean and his wife for their new daughter. Yeah. Congrats. Another PlayStation gamer in the in the mix. <laughs> Another child. Yep. Sucker. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh well, so one thing I wanted to bring up is that we got new info and, and for the Nintendo Switch. And I know we're a PlayStation podcast, but you know, this is in the news and all I see is people on the internet freaking out. So <laughs> Now you didn't you didn't really see the specifics, but what was your take on what was going on? Because I know you kind of brought it up. Um, the only thing I saw people freaking out about yeah. was that they were kind of gimping the hardware when you took it portable. Right. That's all I heard. Okay. And everybody was flipped out about that, which. Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, we we kept talking about how this could be huge. The you know the promise of the PS4 and the Vita, the PS3 and the Vita, which eventually became PS4 and the Vita, right? Is the idea that you play a game, you transfer the save over, and you continue playing that game, right? You know, on the road, on the plane, on the way to E3, on the way to wherever you're going, on the train. But you always had um, to ask that question: Does it support cross save? Exactly. And this was a totally different thing. You're literally, the game is the game and it's there and it's, it's on the screen. It's on that screen and you pick it up and you walk away with it. According to that video, Yeah, 
you pick it up and you walk away with it and it's the same game on that screen and you're just taking it wherever you want. Sure. And, you know, we were all saying, well, if that works, it's amazing. But what about battery life? You yeah. know, what if yeah. it's like three hours? What's it's pointless at that, you know, and, and you're talking about very probably processor intensive games. Um, that they're yeah, but I think they're offloading a lot to the GPU, and and that's one of the ways that they're going to get away with this. And it, it's it's been kind of uh, the trend in mobile gaming lately is that they're offloading things to the GPUs. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get a lot of uh, you get a lot more power out of not having a crazy processor in it, and uh, that's the that's the big change. But so it's pretty much confirmed that it's going to have a, a modified version of the NVIDIA Tegra X1. So. The NVIDIA Shield TV, that's what that chip is. And, and the Google Pixel C tablet has that same chip. It's insanely powerful. Um, you can run... So they have, like, uh, not not the new Doom, but they have... I think it's Doom 3, uh, or one of the Dooms out. Uh, you can play it on there. It was on a PS3 and everything. And it definitely looks better on the Shield TV than it does on, on the PS3. It, it's basically a beefed-up PS3, which is funny, because that was kind of the Wii U, too. Um but it seems like the target is going to be 1080p at 60 frames, which is great. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm all for it. You know, I've been saying time and time again about like the PS4 Pro and Xbox One S. I really don't care about 4K, 1080p, 60 frames. It's solid, and and I'm totally cool with it. Um, from what the word is though, Eurogamer got a hold of a lot of the specs today, or the supposed specs today. But Eurogamer has been pretty solid lately on some of this stuff. Um. It sounds like it's a modified version of the Tegra X1. They don't know exactly what. They are speculating that maybe um, they're adding more transistors to kind of get around some of the bottlenecks on it. The thing about the Tegra X1, though, is it's great for battery life. Uh, and, and the thing is, and, and here's where a lot of people are freaking out, the, when it's in the dock, when it has full power, it's in the dock, it's actually underclocked from what the Tegra X1 runs in the Shield TV, which is probably fine because, don't forget, the, the Tegra X1 is capable of doing four, full 4K. Okay, that's not Nintendo's aim, though. They're, looking, they're aiming at 60 frames per second at 1080p for like the best performance. So them underclocking it a little bit, that's, you know that's for battery life and also heat dissipation. Uh, a lot of people are saying it's it's to keep the heat down. But where people are really freaking out is the fact that when you take it out of the dock, it lowers the clock again, and it lowers... Well, obviously, you get lower resolution because the screen is a 720p screen. But where I... I, I laughed at it right away when I saw people freaking out about that because think about the example you just gave, Josh. PS4 game to a Vita game. Number one, the Vita really is on the PS3 level in terms of what it can do visually and everything else. But when you talk to developers, the Vita actually is not as powerful in, in raw spec as a lot of people think. It's essentially like, I think it's an eight-core processor in there, and it's essentially an Android device when you really boil it down. Uh, very slow memory, and that, that was really the, 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 the bottleneck that a lot of people uh, faced were faced with on the Vita. But... You know, that screen officially, I think, is 960p, but mm-hmm. a lot of games ran at 540p. Yeah. And guess what? They still look fantastic on that screen because the pixels are a lot smaller. The pixels are a lot closer together. And it's a great screen tech. 
So if they do that right in the Switch, a lower GPU and a lower clock speed isn't going to be that big of a deal. Yeah, it isn't. So that's one thing that people have to keep in mind. You know, you're going, it's the same hardware, but they're just lowering what speed it runs at. And again, I'm, I'm sure that's totally out of, of getting some kind of a battery life out of the thing. Uh, I like the fact that it's all in one unit that I don't have to, you know, do the cross save thing. I mean, cross save worked fine, especially later on in life when they would automatically do it. But at the same time, you still needed a network connection to do so. This, you don't have to worry about it because it's the same console. Yeah. And I think that's one of the shrewd areas uh, of their design. Um, the Tegra X1 is really powerful. It, 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 it's a great GPU. Uh, the cool thing is they even do some of the CPU cycles in the, in the Tegra. So the thing is, it, 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 here's the technical shit. So the Tegra X2 hasn't come out yet, but the Tegra X2 is a 16 nanometer uh, process when they, when they make it. Uh, the X1 is a 20 nanometer. And that's why some people are thinking that they might add more transistors than the X1 actually has to this modified chip, which that will take some of the, uh, take some of the actual processing and spread it out more so that they can get more out of the chip than you originally would at that, at that clock speed. So they're just going to add more resources to it. And at the same clock speed, it'll still be able to do more. Uh, but I, I wouldn't freak out, folks. I really wouldn't because, like, if you're playing Zelda at 1080p on your TV and you take it out, and it even down converts to let's say 540p on the on the that small six inch screen, which a six inch screen ain't that big. Uh, it's smaller than a Galaxy Note Seven, obviously. That's a seven inch screen. So just think about that for a minute, and think about how good stuff looks on your phone screen today. Yeah, the games are going to look great on that little screen. They really will because if there's one thing that Nintendo does right, it's visuals. Uh, look at what Zelda looks like. Look at even Splatoon. Mario Kart. Oh yeah, Mario Kart Eight is amazing, and they're doing that on essentially the same hardware as a PS3. And it's you'd be hard pressed to find some games that have that level of artwork on it. Nintendo. It'll take them eight years to get the game out. You know, well, yeah, but. that's the that's the big problem. <laughs> and actually, that's my biggest fear of the Switch. Not only am I fearful about third party support because that's been a fear for a while now. <laughs> yeah, but it's a genuine fear, not just because they had really bad support for the Wii U, but I think that you're going to be hard pressed to find publishers at a certain point wanting to make games also for the switch when it's essentially a generation behind because you're seeing a lot more developers only do stuff for the ps4 and xbox one now and not making games for the the last generation of consoles well i'll tell you what if this thing sells huge right out of the gate yeah they'll put resources into it and i I think they will but i think even smaller studios still won't unless they do something on unity and but that's the other thing. Like if their software doesn't sell, and that was the biggest thing with the Wii. You know, the Wii sold like mad, but yeah. the software was not selling. Right. So the bigger publishers started to drop off, and it was just shovelware like mad on that thing. Yeah. Uh, the Wii U, EA went all in at <laughs> launch, and nothing sold. Nope. And they pulled out entirely, and just 
said we're done and they washed their hands of it right and you know they went through a similar thing with the psp ea was all in at launch on the psp and just got creamed and said all right we're kind of you know they they stayed in with the psp they actually kept putting out a bunch of games but the piracy on there and the software wasn't selling well enough so when the vita came along they're like "Eh, here's a couple games but that's it we'll do do madden because we know madden will sell and yeah but even that was like the the previous year's Madden, if I remember right. Yeah, it was pretty. It much. wasn't even the. It wasn't even the same Madden. No. Um, and FIFA, you know, they brought out one version of FIFA, and every year they just changed the uniforms. Right. right. <laughs> they literally did nothing else for it. Yeah. Um. So, like, EA is a big freaking publisher, and yeah. they're skittish on new hardware now, unless it's. Unless it's something like the PS4 and the Xbox One, you know they're 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 all in on those, but something different. Yeah. Well, and I think Ubisoft Nintendo is especially. Ubisoft is speaking very highly of the Switch, though. So I think we're going to see some some support from them, and and I do like that Nintendo actually acknowledged the fact that what kind of killed the Wii U is the fact that they had nothing available after launch for quite a while. Like that window was terrible. <laughs> It was. So at least they acknowledge the fact that they need to start getting games out on a, on a more regular basis. But you can acknowledge all you want. Let's actually see them do it, you know? Well, and that's really the key. The key is their first-party stuff because right. they cannot rely, and I think they did. I think with the Wii U, they were like, well, you know, third parties will fill in the gap. But yeah. when nothing sold, all the third parties bailed immediately. Well, and what worries me is it's kind of worries me is it seems like as a stopgap, Nintendo is actually just going to kind of remaster a couple of their Wii U games. Yeah, they are for the I'm Switch. Sure so like Smash Brothers and <clears throat> what? Even though I don't think Mario Kart's one of them, but it sounds like they're going to do that. And I get it. I mean, if if people are buying that on the Wii U and they might still want to play it on their Switch, I get it. But at the same time. That's a dangerous slope. Well, you know? but this is what Microsoft and Sony did sure. in the early lifespan, and they're still doing it. I mean, look at the look at the early lifespan of the PS4 and yeah. how many things were and still are remasters. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they sell, you know. And I get it. Like I, I would almost buy some of that stuff again on a Switch, just because of the portability factor, right? Yeah, I mean, I'd you lo- now I'd love have to that. Play Mario Kart Eight on that thing. Exactly. If you can take Mario Kart Eight on a plane to E3, full Mario Kart Eight sure. on one of those screens, and and take it with you, fuck yeah, I'm gonna buy that. Why wouldn't I? You and, know? E- and even better if they set up like an ad hoc mode so I could play it against other people on the plane. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're you're asking Nintendo to do some kind uh, of network wizardry. Well, uh, <laughs> and the funny thing is, you know that Mario that Mario Infinite Runner came out for iOS, mm-hmm. and it literally has a 12 character friend code <laughs> to add your friends. <laughs> oh, <freaking> real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's Nintendo. You know, it's yeah. it's. It's going to be different. It's going to be quirky. It's going to be interesting. Um, will the third party stick around? That's the big question. That's that's the $64,000 question because you know it's probably going to sell well right out of the gate if they have enough of them in stores because it's 
Nintendo again. Yeah. yeah. And they don't seem to understand supply and demand. Um, and don't tell me, oh, they know what they're doing. No, they're idiots. They're they're freaking idiots because they could sell ten times more of those NES minis, and they're just not doing it. You know exactly. And I think one of the things that could give them an early win is to actually bring the freaking virtual console stuff that you bought over to the Switch instead mm-hmm. of making people rebuy it and wait for that shit to be released again. Well, you know what now. The infrastructure is in place that now they could actually do that. If, Whether they will do it, that's that's a that's a huge question because yeah. the infrastructure is there now. Because on the Wii U, you've got your you've got your Nintendo Network ID, yep. and your shit is tied to that. And it's yep. the same thing on the 3DS now. So all your stuff is tied to that. They know for the first time. Thanks, you know, welcome to the 21st century. They know exactly what you bought. So they could, in theory, do that and allow you to have your stuff that you already bought, bring it over, and here's a whole set of games for you to play right off the right off the bat. Right. You know, that you're not so yeah, you might have to wait another month or two for the next big game to come along, but hey, you've got all these other games that you already bought and they're available for you and you can take them with you wherever you want and you can play them at home on the big screen. It's all on this one <laughs> unit and yeah, you know, they have the potential here. Yeah, definitely. To do something big and to make a big big splash and make a lot of money again. I mean, my but problem it's Nintendo. is Nintendo, are they going to get out of their way yeah. to do that? <laughs> My my problem is, you know, I wanted to get it for Zelda, and now Zelda got delayed again. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I keep telling people, I want to switch until Nintendo makes me not want one. And they're very good at that lately. Uh, the mm. only reason I bought that Wii U is because I got it cheap at that Kmart that was closing. Yeah. Uh, to this day, I don't think I'd own a Wii U if that didn't happen. So, and it's boxed up. It's in storage right now. I just don't care about it because they screwed up my, my beloved Star Fox. Well, you know, the funny thing is one of the, one of the, well, I, I'd say almost the best Lego game ever made. Undercover? Um, Lego City Undercover yeah. was a Wii U exclusive. Yeah. And now it's coming to the PS4 and Xbox One. Right. So... That was, I mean, besides the first party stuff, that was probably the the one big third party thing that would make people think, oh, that's a game I really, really want to play. Yeah. And now that's coming to the PS4 and Xbox One. For wow. Me. I mean, the Wii U's dead. We all know it's dead. It's been dead for a long time. It is. I think yeah. they're, they said, I think they're going to, they're not stopping production, but they've really cut it down. Um, you know, they pushed Splatoon for so long because a lot of people like that game, but it's by no means a system seller uh, on a large scale. Uh, you know, it is funny that they're still bringing Zelda out on both platforms, uh, because they have to throw people that have a Wii U a bone because there's really not that much to buy for it. I mean, Smash is huge. Smash is probably the biggest thing on that system besides Mario Kart too. But, uh, you know, the people I work with, that's all they do. They play Smash at lunchtime, uh, on the Wii U and then they play it a lot. But, Those nine million people that bought a Wii U are still waiting on that Zelda game. So oh shit, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm, I am, I'm, pro- I'm surprised. I'm as excited for it as I am. I'm not freaking out about it. I'm not. I'm not that Nintendo fanboy that sat behind us at the press conference. But uh, I'm genuinely. I think this is probably the first 
Nintendo console I've been excited for since the GameCube. So for me, that's a big deal because I really never cared about the Wii that much. I played it a little bit, but I never really got into it. Uh, the Wii U, I mean, yeah, I'll play Mario Kart on it. I'll play a couple other things, but I, it, that thing barely gets used. And like quite literally, you know, I put it in storage back in July and I don't miss it. I've never, I've never sat here as like, man, I really, maybe I should go get the Wii U and hook it up. No, I'm not doing that. But the Switch, I'm, I'm actually excited to play it. I, if they, if I hope they have at least a couple of compelling games when that thing launches, because I'll be in, I'll be in on it. I'll totally play it. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how. God, I hope they have a persistent online system. Finally, that's not kludgy and shitty and stupid and Japanesey and. And we'll see if you'll actually be able to find one within two months of launch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think pre-orders are going to get big once they, you know, that thing happens with January 13th or something like that. Where they're going to release a lot more of the details. It's going to sell. I mean, it's Nintendo. Well, the 3DS yeah, can, always sells well. And, you know, Nintendo does well at launch. You mostly. can pre-order all you want. But when they send like two to your local yeah. GameStop, your pre-order is not going to do you any good. I don't think they'll short side this one like they did the uh, NES Classic. I doubt very highly they're going to do that. Well... Well, that's the thing. Know. They're using a chipset that's a year, They're using a chip that's a year and a half old. I mean, they're they're getting good yields out of it, and I think that's one of the reasons is that uh, they know it's going to do well on power usage and everything else. But also, there are a lot of them available, and uh, they essentially, from what I've heard, they clean Nintendo out or uh, Nvidia out. Nvidia basically doesn't have any X ones right now, so we'll see what happens. I mean, it, it is a really powerful chip, and that that's something to make you very happy. Uh, it's texture management's really good. It's, it pushes a lot of polygons, a lot of triangles. Um, it's a good chip. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, I mean, you know, games on my pixel C and on my Nvidia shield, they run great. So it's, it's, I don't, I wouldn't worry about the hardware people. I would worry about the software coming <laughs> yeah. because quite frankly, Nintendo has made us worry about that for a while. Yeah. So, I mean, well, when there's more support for their handheld than there is for their home system, there, there's a worry there. But they've had this many years now with the Wii U to finally understand and get ahead, get their heads around HD graphics. Oh, yeah. That was their big thing. They were like, they were a generation behind all of that. And they're like, we don't understand how to make a game in HD, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. Yeah, I... <sighs> As you know, as Sony and Microsoft were moving on to the second generation of HD stuff, right? <laughs> Which just, I mean, that shows where Nintendo sits. Whereas their handheld still runs pretty much like a Nintendo sixty four, and what are you going to do? Yeah, you know. All right, I think we've beaten that Nintendo horse to it to the ground. Yep. Uh, we have emails. We do have yeah. emails. Wow. Two. All, All right. right. So the first one is from Alfonso Boxil. Alfonso. Hello, Glenn and Josh. Telltale has <laughs> kept their promise. Yeah. As they have released each episode of Batman Monthly. So my question to you, Josh, is do you feel Telltale will use this method with upcoming games? If so, will that convince you to review each episode now knowing that they no. will be released monthly? Or will you continue and going will you continue waiting until all five episodes are out I'll tell you what 
I'm going to continue to wait until all five episodes are out because honestly, this is one game. Well, and also that's our policy. Uh, Our policy as a whole at PS Nation is uh, we changed it a few months ago. Uh, to wait until the final uh, episode's up because, quite frankly, the story could fall apart. I mean, there's other things to consider, and and reviewing an episode-by-episode basis is just kind of silly. Yeah, I I don't want to give each episode a score. Yeah. And and that's not a Josh thing. That's literally our our entire team talking about that, and and it just... I mean, part of that was, yes, there was so much time between episodes, but... Uh, we're just we we just laid down a blanket statement about episodic games in general, be it from Telltale or whoever else. Uh, that yeah, we're gonna we're gonna wait until everything is out before we do a full review. Well, as an example, did King's Quest ever finish? It's, no, I don't think it's finished yet. It's close. Yeah, it's still hanging out there. How long has yeah. it been? It's been oh. almost two years now. Well, yeah, they announced it at PSX 2014, didn't they? or at the Game Awards the night before. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> I mean, so, I, but with Telltale, I mean, you can say, okay, that they did it. Well, that's one game. Yeah, and maybe they did it because DC was requiring DC them to do it. forced their hand. Yeah, yeah, it could have been in the contract that DC said, this is our game, this is Batman, we're not going to have you dick around with this for a year. Right. It comes out five months. Every month, we want it done by the end of the year. Right whatever you have to do and they threw everything at it probably so they, they did a better job with minecraft story mode too they didn't hit that duration but they did pretty well with that one so yeah. i mean it's when definitely they do it, better yeah when they do it consistently over the next two or three game over the next three games yeah. if the next three games hit a monthly release cycle then i will believe it <laughs> Maybe the new but, engine that they're using is is allowing them to get this stuff out quicker. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe they switch over to that new engine. Maybe, but you know, until I see it on a consistent basis from them, sure, I'm not going to believe that that this will come that anything will come out monthly. I um, I agree with you. And either way, yeah, we're episodic games. We're waiting till the end for you know we'll we'll do the mini review type thing, but no scores or anything till the end anyway. Right. And again, that's not just a telltale thing. That's an episodic game thing in general. Yep. So. All right. Next email. (laughs) This next one will be fun. (laughs) I've not read this. Oh. Uh, This is from Alex. And he says, hey, guys. Was just listening to episode 504 of the podcast. And Josh's son came down and interrupted the show and just completely derailed it. Uh, I know I cannot be the only one to find those intrusions intrusions annoying when it's only for a second, but it completely ends the show. It's extremely frustrating. Please lock the door to your office, basement, room, or wherever you record, Josh. Thanks, Alex. Yeah. Yeah. So... How do you feel about it? Because we've never, I don't think we've ever really talked about it. Eh, I mean, sometimes it's its fine. I mean, if it happens a lot, it does get, what it'll do every now and then it is it'll throw us off. I mean, we might be on a, like a pretty good conversation about something and it can, it does derail it. Yeah. I'm not going to deny that. It uh, does. He came down tonight and I actually forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> yeah, it does. But you know what? I, Last week, 
It's funny that he, he talks about last week, because honestly, I think we were at the point where we had beaten that whole thing to death at that point. We well, were kind of oh, at the end, winding yeah. down. We were kind of winding down at that point anyway. Sure. I mean, last week, I didn't really have – it didn't bother me at all. But like tonight, yeah, I was, I was, we were on this, this train of thought, and he totally derailed it. I, I literally – I forgot what we were talking about. Yeah, I, I had just sent this email – Literally just sent this email, and not two minutes later, he walked down here. Yeah. And I, I just kind of laughed to myself. I was like, "Well, this should be interesting." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, and I didn't know that was an email you sent. I just saw that we had emails. I, I yeah. didn't know what we had. Uh, I mean, it it does. I mean, you have a conversation. It's like someone just walking in. And, hey, guys, what's going on here? Uh, yep. And the, and you know that that it's what it is. Yeah. No, so. I get it, but. I mean, at the same point, there is no lock to that door and I'm not going to keep him away because honestly, I don't get to see him a whole lot <clears throat> at night. Um, that's, that's when we have our time together is sure. at night. And I know it's one night a week, but this one night a week, I essentially don't get to see him. We, I bring him home from school, get him in get him food and then I'm like, bye. <laughs> and then I'm gone. And then he's in bed when I'm done. And he's not in bed. That kid don't go yeah. to bed till midnight. He just went to bed. Yeah. That's why he said, that's why he came down. That's why he was just quietly sitting here on my lap. And he just kind of said something every now and then. Yeah. Um, but he <laughs> didn't be awake leave. To get up there. No, he's not. He's, he didn't want to leave because he knew, that my wife was standing up there waiting for him. Like you have to come to bed. And he's like, uh, I don't want to go to bed. Got to listen to the boss. So he just wanted to sit with me. He just wanted me to be there essentially. Right. So, um, but yeah, I don't think it happens that often anyway. Eh, the last couple of weeks or probably the last three or four weeks it's happened, but a lot of times now it doesn't happen. Yeah. I mean, we've gone, long stretches with sure. never hearing from him. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's rare. It is funny that you sent that email and he did. It is. It really is. <laughs> See? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, sorry, but I have kids. What am I going to do? You have kids? When did that start? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I think we're done. I mean, honestly, if I had a lock on the door, you wouldn't hear his voice. You'd hear a you'd, pounding on the door. Yeah, you'd hear until I went to pounding. answer it. Exactly, because yeah. that's how kids are. It's true. <laughs> it, it would. You'd hear bang, bang, daddy, 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 bang, 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 <laughs> until I go answer it. So, I mean, those are your choices. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's what it's like with kids. Yeah, that's what so. I've heard. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, well, have a good holiday, everybody. Hopefully, uh, this helps you with your drive to see the family or uh, to forget about if you don't like your family or whatever. It helps you forget about that for a little while. Um, we were supposed to have Stuart on tonight, and I was so busy at work today, I didn't get a chance to even message him. Uh, but it sounded like he had like a holiday party tonight anyway. So well, maybe we'll see if he can do it with us next Monday. Since, uh, you know, it's right after Christmas and all that. We'll try to get Stuart on. Talk about cool stuff. 
Maybe start a rumor for E3. You know. <laughs> there you go. As we do. Uh, I, I think it'll be something about The Last Guardian 2. I don't know. <laughs> uh, mm. But, yeah. Uh, I'm sure we'll have more stuff to talk about uh, next week and stuff and junk. Maybe we'll... Uh, Maybe I'll play some more Last Guardian that I really want to play and I haven't had any time to do. It's going to be Uncharted 5 with the quote-unquote disbanded Sony studio, yeah. um, Sony San Diego. That's where they went. They were shuffled off to some secret yeah, right. uh, compound somewhere to work on Uncharted 5. Yeah. That's what I heard. I, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 don't think a, I don't think that's going to be a believable one, though, because... They've already done uh, the Chloe missions thing. You know, they revealed that, and they revealed Last of Us Part Two. Yeah, but no, this is not Naughty Dog. Naughty Dog. They said they're done. They said they're done. Sony's not done. I I think it'd be way too early for an Uncharted Five because you you have to stagger that stuff. If if it's anything, I think that team would be doing something else, like a new Jack and Dexter, Mm. something like that. That's what I've heard. I'm just saying. I don't want to. I don't well, want to speak out of turn. I also heard they were they were working on a reboot of the Resistance franchise because what's going to happen is next E three they're going to they're going to show Resistance the Resistance collection yeah. and it's going to have one two and three and maybe they'll even throw the PSP one on there. Um, the problem with them doing a collection of those <laughs> games it would suck because they wouldn't bring the multiplayer up. Yeah, and the multiplayer was half the fun with those games. See, it's so funny because. I absolutely loved that first game. I oh, loved yeah. the story. I loved the the whole concept of it. And the problem was when it ended, <laughs> I had built everything up in my mind. Okay, this is where it could go. This is where it could go. This is where it could go. <laughs> and then Resistance 2 came out and it was completely not what I wanted. And I was just devastated yeah i really i i actually enjoyed resistance 2 quite a bit the story especially oh. but the multiplayer I, I liked it for a while and then i really soured on me really quick but resistance 3 was so damn good I, in every yeah. way and the poor game didn't get any marketing backing at all and it they sent it out to die almost and and quite frankly that was my favorite out of the entire series out of all of them out of the vita version out of the uh, the, P, the vita version obviously um, but even the home ones, I really enjoyed resistance three. I thought it was just, it was next to perfect for pacing visually. It was just like, just gorgeous. Um, but the multiplayer was great too. And, and they did so much right with that game and it just got no marketing at all. And it just I enjoyed, died. I enjoyed three, but I'd still think the first one was my favorite because it was such a cool concept. It came out of nowhere. Yeah. It was a launch title and it was good. It was. Really it was very good. It. It's still one of the I, best launch titles on any console, in my opinion. I really, really liked it. I loved the story. I loved the whole concept. I, I was like, this is awesome. It's like World War II, and then yeah. it's, it's alternate history, and it's aliens, and they're using the whole... Um, uh, fuck, what's that meteor that came down Siberia, the Tun... Oh, Tunguska? Tunguska? Yeah. Is that what it is? Tunguska? Yeah. yeah. Um, they're, they're, using, they're slipping that into the mythology. Oh, yeah. That. But see, that was the whole thing. They, they had all that mythology there, and it felt like, to me, two came along and threw all that out the window and said, no, it's something different. And I went, wait, what? 
<laughs> like you had all this stuff here and now it's not that it's something else. And what the, f- what <laughs> it just, I, I didn't. Yeah. I was really down on two. Well, I mean, um, two, what two was a very big departure in a lot of ways. And I mean, they did some cool stuff with the weapons and they did some cool stuff. I, I thought the, uh, the campaign itself was really solid, even though people bitched up a storm about the invisible guys, the guys that were cloaked. Mm. Um, and I'm like, well, put headphones on or turn the fucking volume up because you could hear where they were. Yeah. But the multiplayer was more kind of MMO-ish uh, and, you know, kind of Destiny-ish. And, and, and it had a lot of that persistent world stuff where you had to do missions all the time and build up this, build up that. But at the same time, like when it first came out, somebody was just talking about this at, I think, PSX. Uh me and Rubenstein would get on and play all the time. We'd have like community members get on and play with us. And we'd play for hours going through the mission structure. And, and for a while, the multiplayer was a lot of fun. And then all of a sudden, just one day, I kind of just got really sick of it. And I don't know what it was, but it, it was just like, man, done. But three came out and I, I adored three. Uh, the story was great, man, the boss fights in that and, and the level of animation that they had on all the characters, including the, uh, the bosses, uh, the color palette, everything about it. I just, I adored it. And you could play co-op in resistance three. You could actually play co-op with one other person and it was so much freaking fun. Yeah. Yeah. I just, it sucks that a lot of people don't really know about that game. And that's the thing. I mean, you know, they bring the uncharted collection out and none of them have online. And bringing out a collection for Resistance and not doing online, to me, wouldn't be worth it. And even if you only did online for one and three and, and didn't even worry about two, it still wouldn't be worth it, in my opinion. And that's kind of what sucks about it. Because, yeah, the campaigns were cool, but at the same time, I don't know if it's enough. Because the multiplayer was such a great part of those games. Well, when they announce it at E3 2017... Yeah. I guarantee that Resistance 4 is coming. So I'm going to make a prediction, and this isn't a joke, and I'm not going to tweet it because it'll start a shitstorm. But I actually have a feeling, and this is not just me wishing. Uh, some people I talked to and everything, nobody said anything, but just the conversations that we had about a couple things. I actually think a new SOCOM is actually in the works. And I think we'll see it at E3. I'm just... Yeah, go ahead. Don't start a shitstorm. I'm not trying to, but... You just did. Uh, but you And like did. I said, nobody said anything to me. Nobody even hinted at anything. But there were a couple of other conversations I had with some people. And when I piece things together, it seems like because of some decisions that were made about something else. Okay, that's Glenn at PSNation.com. <laughs> Two N's and Glenn. Yeah. Uh, no, don't, I... Don't bother me with this shit. I got nothing to do with it. I enjoyed <laughs> SOCOM 2 on the PS2. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was fucking fantastic. Yeah, it was. I played it with my friend who was living in Florida at the time. Yeah. Uh, I played it with my brother who was living yeah. in Florida at the time. I fucking love that game, and that's it. I'm out. Everything is on Glenn. Bye. That's fine. Yeah, I, I'm, and I know, and I, like I said, I'm not tweeting this ever uh, because I'm not starting that shitstorm on Twitter again. But, um, I just it's it's a gut feeling, and I think something's happening. So. And I guarantee, when it comes out, 
all the hardcore SOCOM nuts are going to oh, fucking hate it. hate it. Yeah, they'll hate it. Oh. That bandolier doesn't it's missing it's missing one slot for for a shell. They're going to fucking and it's, hate it's it. Bullshit. Uh there there are too many buttons on that shirt. Uh that belt buckle way too big. Like at least 3 centimeters too big. <laughs> yeah, they get that detailed. I've seen the forum posts. Uh, yeah, but uh, you know, it, it, it is what it is. I, I really think that there is a gap in the market for a game like that, though. I, I do, and I, I say that to the folks at Sony all the time. Anytime I talk to them, and I'm sure they're getting sick of me. Um, but there's a gap in that type of of game in the market in general, and Sony did it really well with SOCOM, and, and uh, you know, SOCOM Four is what it is. You know, they you could tell that they were kind of reacting to. to the popularity of Call of Duty, uh, and then the PSN goes down, like right when the game comes out and just murders it. Um, but we had even without uh, without the main team doing, uh, without Zipper Interactive doing uh, uh, SoCon Confrontation, it sucked when it first came out. But man, they patched the shit out of that game, and it was really fun when it when it got later and more, more mature. We had. So many freaking nights that the community would play that game, and we had a blast. Uh, you know, even through all the complaining, Slant Six stuck with it, and they made a really solid SOCOM game. And, th- and that's the truth. Uh, it sucks that they took the servers down. It completely sucks they took the servers down because I'd probably still be on the PS3 playing it every now and then. I'm sure I would. Uh, I don't know, it, but. It, there's you can't tell me another game out there on the consoles right now that even gets close to that game. There isn't one. Uh, you know, unfortunately, I was really hyped about H Hour. It's not doing well. Uh, you know, you can get some of the the gameplay on PC right now. Uh, I backed it on Kickstarter. That's one of the ones I feel kind of burned by uh, because they really manage things poorly. Uh, it started out great. It had a lot of potential. I went down to the vi- the, the studio and visited, and, and what I was playing even back then, what I I posted video of it. Uh, it was very solid, but you know it's it, it's not really turning out too well. And Sony owns that SOCOM franchise; they have the power. And you know the problem is, and we talked to Shu about this last year. People don't understand that being an asshole on on the internet isn't going to help your cause. So, you know, just keep requesting it. Be nice about it. And maybe something will happen, but I don't know, man, because I brought it up a few times. Actually, so we we told the story on, on the podcast about Friday night before PSX, MJC was saying, all I want is a wipeout. I just want a remake of a wipeout or a new wipeout. That's all I want. And then Sean Layden came walking out and he had the Pfizer shirt on. And I was like, dude, look at his shirt. And you can actually hear MJC, I think. I have to listen to it again, but... It got really quiet, and all of a sudden he's like, motherfucker. And he said it really loud because he's like, he's not going to troll us like this. And boom, there's his Wipeout Omega collection. So Sean Layden came into the media area that they had set up so we could play the games without waiting in line. Uh, he came in there, and he was looking at the, the remake of Crash Bandicoot because obviously that's the first game he ever worked on in the industry. And we were talking for a while, and I go, I go, and I told him the story about MJC saying about Wipeout and everything, and... And we were having a good laugh about it. And I said, so next year, why don't you wear a SOCOM shirt? And he goes, well, maybe I will. So 
I don't know if he was just joking around or what, but I don't fucking he know. He was fucking with you. I'm sure he was, but... And then, of course, the people I was just bugging about so come like, really, dude? Really? <laughs> so, anyway, but that's my prediction right now. 2016, I'm going to end it with... I actually think we're going to see a new SOCOM next year. Just saying. Again, that's Glenn, Glenn at, at PSNation.com. PSNation.com. Yep. Glenn with Leave two Leave me out of it. I've got nothing to do with it. <laughs> you can at me at, PSX. at Torgo PSN. Leave me alone. On Twitter. Just hit me up on Twitter if you want to be a, a jerk to me. I can. I, I, I know the block function very well. So, mm. yeah. Uh, but you've heard it here first, folks. So we can start mm-hmm. the hashtag Glenn was right. <laughs> sure. Oh, all right. Are we ready to end this? Yes, please. All right. Uh, folks, thanks very much for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week, obviously, just like we are every week. Uh, thanks for listening. Get out there, play some games. Have a great one and have a great holiday. Shitstorm by. I thought you'd say jingle by. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Ain't no jingle bells going on after that one. Now we'll see who posts that on their blog and, and they'll say PS Nation confirms. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, good night. Good night. Coming this holiday season, an album from one of the world's finest voices, if not the finest, Terry. It's a Merry Christmas, everyone, Christmas trees are sweet. A very Terry Christmas, filled with all of the holiday classics. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me weed. There's a miracle in my pants. There's a miracle in my pants. Let's open presents now. Open your mouth. Burr. Burr. Who wants to shave my Christmas tree? Who wants to shave my Christmas tree? Gather round. Santa Claus, are your pubes as wide as the snow? Seriously, I want to know. Dear Santa, what does your dick look like? Does it curve like a candy cane? And does it disappear? And for his Jewish friends. Hanukkah, how do you spell that word? I can barely say it, it's so fucking weird. Have a very Terry Christmas Opened up your presents What's in the box? Twenty black holes